gosh, it's been a long time since I've said those words in that fashion. <laughs> this is... Oh, wait. We will have come out of playing the Game of Thrones theme, I guess. Yes. That, I mean, I, I assume. I assume. This is still technically a Game of Thrones podcast for the time being. <laughs> technically. It's kind of an everything podcast. <laughs> but you are listening to uh, me. I am Natalie Bohensky. I still am Natalie Bohensky, even though I have not been here at the microphone for months. <laughs> and that is because I could not do that without my very dear friend... Mr. Stuart Late. Hello, Natalie. Hello, everyone. This is the first time we have seen each other since our last podcast. This is this is literally the first time we've been yeah. face to face. We've talked a whole bunch online a whole and bunch. stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we have not seen each other in the flesh since <laughs> we were eating Tormund Giants cake. That's right. At the Brisbane Powerhouse at the end of May, I think, uh, or I early think June. Early June, I think. Yeah, and then since then. Yeah. And and you've since gone and done amazing things, and I've. I've Changed a lot of nappies. Well, that's fine. This, this is, you know, there are many people who would say you're doing the worthy thing in life, Stu. And, and uh, I'm the one flitting about uh, not having a proper job or goals or a financial savings plan. There's goals. There's uh, goals in there. <laughs> that's definite goals. Uh, yes, so I, uh, I guess I should thank people who came out to our live Podcast. Yes, thank you so much. At the yeah. Brisbane Powerhouse <laughs> at Mary Mays. It was a that great... That seems like something that happened three years ago. Doesn't it? It's crazy. Do you know, I was telling a friend um, last night, actually, my friend Dazzler. Mm. Um, I don't know if he's listening, but uh, <laughs> he, he's the one who actually invited me to go out to a, see a theatre show tonight. And I was oh. like, I can't go because Stu and I are finally We're podcasting. Finally podcasting. But... Funnily enough, I happened to go to Chermside last night, which is a big shopping centre in Brisbane, if you don't know. And I I went there because I had a free eyebrow wax for my birthday (laughs) at Sephora. Now, when you get a free eyebrow wax that's worth $30, you go and you get it. That's right. So then I got talked into buying some product because inevitably... That's how they get you. When somebody flatters me a lot and says, oh my God, you're so pretty and your eyebrows are so nice. And I'm like, okay, I'll buy this expensive concealer. (laughs) And I literally walk out of Sephora and run smack bang into Darren. Oh, like physically ran into him. Like physically ran into him (laughs) and was like, oh, I, you did not just catch me walking out of Sephora buying (laughs) more makeup that I do not need. And he's like, no, of course I didn't. Anyway, uh, we went and had dinner and I said that, this year has been the first year in a long time that I don't feel like the year has run away from me. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? You know yeah, how it does. you some, yeah, yeah. like at the moment people are going, "Oh my god, it's November and Christmas is a few weeks away and how did the year go by?" And I think about things like us doing that podcast and me being in Perth at the start of the year and doing my Raven on One Woman show. I was about to say you in particular have packed a lot that, into 2019. That was at the start of this year. Yes, I know. Uh, it, you know, and I'm like, I feel like that was three years ago, yeah. but that was you were less you were and everyone everyone get your drinks ready. You were on Foxtel uh, 360 <laughs> uh, hey, Game of Thrones. Hey, I didn't say it. No, no, that's right. You said it. <laughs> you said it. Uh, Thrones 360 Live. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, I still now will have people go drink <laughs> at me whenever I say that. I love that. That's a thing. Um, but that you know that was a packed time. You know, I was going was. down to Sydney, coming back, doing the live show, then writing my recap. That's it crazy times um and it felt nice to go wow i've really you know since becoming uh, creatively unemployed <laughs> <laughs> not, creative, I have actually, not creatively 
functionally unemployed. Functionally unemployed. Um, or creatively employed, which yes. is the same thing. That's right, yes. Uh, functionally unemployed. But I have... It, I, I, don't, I don't mean to sound pretentious, but it actually... I had a moment of going, wow, I, 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 I left a job where I was very under stress and I, I just did not want to work for a while and went, okay, well, I'll just start booking tours because I can. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm, you know, now booking in for 2020 stuff for creative stuff and seeing if I can spin another maybe six months or longer out of this whole thing. (laughs) So if you have, if you came to the live podcast, if you've listened to this recorded podcast, if you've read my recaps, if you've come to a show in Perth, Adelaide, Newcastle, that was fun. Newcastle, um, Newcastle, New Love South actually, Wales. Yeah. Love actually was there. Uh, Edinburgh Fringe. I'm not sure if anybody <laughs> listening will have come to see us in Edinburgh, but you never know. Uh, and Sydney, and we just did Speed in Sydney. Uh, Speed, the movie, the play, I should say. Mm-hmm. Not, I didn't go to Sydney to do Speed, um, <laughs> which I know a few people came to who listened to the podcast. And uh, also, um, uh, I've got another show coming up in a few weeks called Die Hard, the movie, the play. Uh, which you might have heard of which the movie. Which I am greatly looking forward to. Die Hard. Um, so I've like packed a lot in. It's and been I, a big 2019 for Natalie Bohensky. It feels kind of personally satisfying that this has been a year that by the time I get to the end of it, I won't be like, oh, where did the year go? I, I'll be able to go, I did a lot. I yeah. put a lot in and probably deserve a holiday. <laughs> Weirdly enough, despite all the travel that I've been doing, I've had very little in the way of, like a break, like a holiday break. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's been. I again, I don't mean. I really don't want to sound pretentious or anything, but um, no, it's a good thing. You, you know, you're... when people will kind of like follow your dreams, and I've always been a bit like you, whatever. And it's like, oh, I, I, it took me many, many years, and I wish I'd done what I'm doing now ten years ago. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it, it takes very. It's very hard to make that jump but unless you're sort of. It, pushed off the cliff in, in many ways. Oh, I pushed myself off the yeah, cliff. Exactly. And, uh, but had enough kind of experience, I guess, behind me to go, okay, well, I I know what is achievable and not achievable yeah, and totally. that sort of thing. I, I, yeah, I don't mean to sound too philosophical, but I'm really proud that um, I've been able to make creative stuff functionally work. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, it's incredible. <laughs> and it's and- not, you know, it's not a, a cash thing because I'm not in necessarily <laughs> full of riches. A, a solvent position. Uh, but- uh, well, no, I'm but better, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, for people who came to see Speed, the movie, the play in Sydney, we sold out uh, 22, 23 shows. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was crazy packed. It was so... Th- thank you to Sydney for they being really, amazing. They really reacted well. I, I don't mean to sound like surprised by that, but they really reacted well to Speed the Movie the Play. Uh, it was just, you know, it was it was so wonderful. It yeah. was just like <laughs> we had sold out before we even started, so we, had to, we got a bigger bus. Mm. Um, although the first bus we had technically had a small leak, so it was for two reasons. Um, but... Then we added an extra show. We added extra seats on existing shows and they all still sold out and we could have run another couple of weeks. And it was just so lovely to to kind of be like, oh my God, I'm doing a show and I don't have to stress about audience and finding an audience. And, you know, because that's something with um, 
doing Edinburgh with Love Hate actually Edinburgh you're competing with 3800 shows yes exactly that were there <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking about individual shows not individual performances no that's right yeah yeah and so you're out every day Amy and I and, and bless Amy she's a, a, a gun flyer this is Amy Curry and she was just out there even when I was in very like I can't, don't want to do this and she was up in people's faces and, and getting them along and you would be out for hours every day just mm. drumming up that audience. So to then follow <laughs> that up by coming home and going, wow, here's a show that I don't have to do that for, yeah. was just beautiful. Yeah, I'm sure. And it's nice. It would have been a massive relief. But you know what? I think it's important to have the balance because the shows that you have to really work for give you the energy and the drive to really know then when to appreciate when it's easier. Yeah, absolutely. I Again, I feel like I'm sounding really <laughs> wanky. Not at all. But not at all. I, I do. I kind of feel like maybe I've had some self-growth this year, Stu. That's good. That's because really, really good. I'm a very immature person. <laughs> um, and that's still the case. But it's nice to be able to say, oh, I would do this or I would do this or what I wouldn't, wouldn't do. Yes, yes. And I had like Edinburgh. Edinburgh is a beast. Yes. And if I can just say it's so this is the Edinburgh Fringe Festival Fringe. Mm. It's the largest arts festival in the world. It's the largest fringe festival in the world. It's huge and it is all encompassing. And mm. so for the month we were there, it became like my whole world. Sure. Like, yeah, I would imagine it would. I have always been in Edinburgh. I always will be in <laughs> Edinburgh. My life is to perform. Well, especially because you came there, like you don't live locally or anything like that. So it's not like you're putting a show on in Brisbane where, where we live. Like yes. You, you've gone somewhere else. You have gone you're to You're living a, in a hotel room. Uh, well, we, well I hired an Airbnb, an Airbnb which but, was lovely. And I'm so glad we did because there comes a time and I never thought I'd be this person. I thought I'd always be like, <laughs> I'm always happy to doss down in a hostel. That'll be fine. But then you were like, we're going to be doing a show every night. Yeah. We did 24 shows in 26 days of our own show, plus sure. guesting in other spots and various things. And, you know, I was like, I think it'd be important for us to have, you know, beds. Some space. Yeah. And a bit of space and a bit of quiet. Yeah. Room to do yeah. our own thing. And 100% that was a, a good move um, because I'm sure I made life a nightmare for Amy at certain times. And had we been having to sleep in a bunk bed together somewhere, she probably would have killed me with sure. justifiably. So, um, you know, little things like that. I was glad I made those decisions. But then you think that you've prepared yourself for it. Yeah. And I'd researched a lot about Edinburgh. And thought, you know, you go through these hard times and you have your moments. And I thought I'd had a really bad moment at the end of the second week. But then the third week happened. <laughs> and you were like, oh, things could get much Which worse. Which is technically the fourth week because there's like a zero week. And sure. Anyway. <laughs> and I had three days of just being, what am I doing here? My life is pointless. There's no reason to be. Why am I doing this? This is so ridiculous. I'm, I'm a certain age. I should not be doing this at my certain age. Uh, I, you know, it's, it's, uh, crazy. Uh, the, the, the depths of like, oh, and then you, you feel horribly guilty because you're so privileged to be doing something you love in a beautiful city and you're not starving. You feel guilt about your guilt. Basically. I feel guilt about yeah. my guilt. Uh, and you see, you know, terrible homelessness in Edinburgh anyway there's, right, there's okay, a lot yeah. of homeless people that I noticed at any rate and I think Brexit is really hitting hard and austerity is hitting hard yeah. over there and you just think oh my god it's so I'm so privileged to be able to go and be doing you know 
essentially silly, inconsequential things sure. like like yeah. performance, like entertainment, which I know is not silly and inconsequential. But you know what I mean. I'm not saving lives. I yes. am, you know, and unless, it's easy to think Unless that. it's through comedy. Uh, <laughs> but you, unless the, you, life, you that get I, totally, the life that I saved was my own. Yeah, you get totally in a bubble and then you feel guilty about being in a bubble and you like, yeah. what am I even doing here? So to actually go through that and have that experience of, of a beast, like imagine... It sounds like a really intense experience. Yeah, is, is like school camp mixed with... You, like a fest, like a like I guess a music festivaly type, or Burning Man, or sure, uh, sure. Uh, you know, it's, can, it's, can I just ask? Like, uh, so you and Amy were in close proximity for a month at least. Yes. Um, have you spoken to her at all since you came <laughs> back from? Because this is the thing. Like, I I've I've gone on long trips with friends. Like, you know, I'm like month long trips. <laughs> it's to Europe and, and other places. And at the end, you don't want to see them again for the rest of your life. Like that that feeling fades and you reconnect, but. <laughs> There's like a good week or so where you're just like, if I see you, I'm going to throw you into the sun. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, I, like, I'm sure that Amy probably felt that way about me. I When I got home, I was sick for a week. So I sure, couldn't yes. see any. Yeah. I very thankfully only got sick after we left. Uh, and then, but then Amy and I were back in Sydney within two weeks to oh, do Love Hate actually yeah, right, down okay, there. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we, we haven't actually caught up much uh since I right. got back from sit like this month, I yes. haven't really. I've seen her once or twice, um, but that's more. She's been really busy with. She's a Sybil Fawlty in Fawlty Towers sure, Dining Experience. She she's in Bangkok at the moment doing that. Is she um, really? I didn't know. Yeah, that. Oh, yeah. They've they've gone to do a few shows in Bangkok, and she's the Sybil in that. Wow. So she's touring a bit, and she's got her own show uh, at the Powerhouse at the end of November that she's prepping for a different show. <laughs> I'm prepping for Die Hard, so we've just been busy. Sure, but we are writing another show together in December. Yeah. For Oh, well, wow. Yeah, for Perth Fringe World next year. So that's a bit okay. of a... I, I, I probably shouldn't say the name because it's not released yet, but we will yes. be coming back to Perth with a, a like a follow-up of sorts. Uh, I've, I've, to... I've seen a bit of sizzle for this and oh, I'm you very have? excited. Uh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. I've shown yeah, you yeah, some sizzle. Yeah, you've shown me a bit of this. Uh, and so it's a, it's a spiritual sequel to Love yes. Hate, actually, so in the terms of people kept asking us, what are you going to argue about next? Or what movie are you going <laughs> to argue about next? And what thing should you argue about next? And we finally kind of settled on something. We went, yeah, that could be fun. Mm. So it's an experiment, experimental, yeah. you know, sequel. But um, it's one of those things where Love Had actually has been so predominant in our lives for two years now. <laughs> it's like we should try our hands at something else. And yeah. sometimes you have to just throw something down and, and then set yourself a deadline and go for it. Because yeah. if we sat down and tried to be perfect, I feel anyway, you just sit there for ages. and Totally, yeah. I, oh, who did I tell... I was telling someone, it was like, oh, you haven't written the show and it's submitted to a festival. And I'm like, yeah, well, how else are you going to write it if you yeah, don't have a deadline? <laughs> like, how many times have I said, oh, I'll do this recap or not this, oh, I'll, I'll, I should do a series on this and this. And then you don't get to it. And it's like, oh, well, there's no, there's no one there's cracking no a whip. One cracking a whip. There's, there's yeah. no deadline. It's like, oh, well, we're doing a week's worth of shows in at the end of January. So I better pull and, my finger out yeah. and write a show. You've got to have lines when you get on stage. And then... And then it goes from there and you develop it. Love Hate actually was a bit of a, um, ab- abnormally, a, 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 abnormally? <laughs> a- anomaly. An anomaly. It was abnormal. An abnormal anomaly. It was an abnormal anomaly. <laughs> Henceforth referred to as an abnormally. An abnormally. <laughs> That's a word we've invented. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, 
constantly driving yourself forward by going, <laughs> yep, okay, let's do this. I'll sort out the plot later. I'll sort out the details later. Just, you know, get a photo, get a poster, think about a rough idea of what you're going to do. That's it, yeah. And then w- work out the details well, later. So many people go to Edinburgh. Uh, you know, we went to Edinburgh having toured this show and performed it probably 50 times before mm. we got it to Edinburgh. And, you know, so it was tight. It was, we felt like we were really on our game. Sure. But some people go to Edinburgh and just try just stuff. Just wing it. Yeah. 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 And, and, and sometimes they're famous people and sometimes they're not famous people, but sure. they're working on their show or they're crafting it and then they take it somewhere else. And, you totally. know, so everyone treats it a bit differently. Well, I know, I know um, we're, we're so far off topic now, but, but having said that... No, that's I, okay. Well, we're catching up. <laughs> that's it, exactly. We're having our catch up <laughs> on mic so people can enjoy... Exactly. Yeah, but I was going to say, um, uh, the uh, the wonderful uh, one-woman show, Nanette, uh, oh, yes. was apparently... Uh, Hannah Gadsby apparently didn't... Uh, called it that because she had a whole thing that she wanted to... This whole yeah. vignette that she wanted to write yeah, about yeah, this yeah. woman called Nanette. Yes, and then that just got completely cut out of the show, but it was still called Nanette. Well, she had... The... She, she'd made posters yeah, and things. Yeah, but well, and, and, <laughs> and also she does briefly talk about her. Yes. If only yeah, to yeah. say that she got sick of the idea of writing about this exactly, horrible yeah. racist woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's true. There would be so many shows in comedy festivals that people have gone. I remember Judith Lucy, she had a series of shows called The Show and then The Show 2 because she just couldn't... <laughs> Be it's bothered. Very, very utilitarian. Thinking I like it. of something else <laughs> by the time that. And the thing is, is that I get it because if you're a stand-up, uh, if you don't have a clear idea of what you want to do and you just totally. want to do stand-up, then yeah, you could call it, you know, Stuart Late's bobbing for apples, and then <laughs> you know tie it in somewhere or or not. Like, but so then many, I was going to say it almost doesn't matter. So many way. stand-ups yeah. can probably come out and go. Uh, look, there's nothing about apples in here. It's just a name I had to pick for a show. Like, That's it. You can do that if you're just doing It has doing to be stand-up. called something, so it but, may as well be this. You know, when you're doing kind of themed shows like us, sure. you have to give it a, a, a bit of a... A name that makes a bit sense. Of sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> and we're trying to be commercial. Because a stand-up, you're just selling that person as a stand-up. Yeah. You know, we're not necessarily selling ourselves. No, That's it's, part of it's it. The but show. we're trying to sell the show. And Absolutely. sell the, the concept of the show as opposed to, hey, just come and see... Tom Ballard or Dilruk Jai Singer yeah. or any of the other very fine comedians that I met while doing Thrones 360 Live. Uh, yes. I have a drink here and I'm taking it. Yay. What have you been up to, Stu? Your beautiful daughter a lot has... Of nappies. She's she The giant Spain nickname that I bestowed on her uh, yes. uh, has really paid off. She's, she a, is, she's a, a big girl she and I'm very proud of her. She's tall. a tall girl. Because you're tall. I am. I'm reasonably tall. But I'm, you're not I'm, like... Tormund Giants Bane tall. I'm not. I'm not abnormal. What are you like? Five eleven or I'm are you six bang foot? on bang on six foot. You're six foot. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, she's eighteen months, and people mistake her for like three years old. Like she's a she's a big kid. She is tall. Uh, which I, I wonder if that'll keep up. Super cute. She's very cute. Well, she might be having a growth spurt now, is what you're saying. It could. Well, I think she might be having a bit of a growth spurt now, and yeah. that, that might slow down. It might so slow like, down a yeah. bit, and then puberty will kick in, and, and then, then she'll just bang. be boom. Yeah. She's definitely going to be taller than her mum. Which okay. is going to be hilarious, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, no, I mean, I had a I had a reasonably big 2019 in general. I mean, yeah. for a start, we did our live podcast, which, yeah. is a, which is a bigger deal for me than it is for you because I don't do a lot of live sort of shows. Uh, we'll so, have to change that, Stu. Yeah, okay, okay, fair enough. I but, know you're a frustrated performer, Stu. I know <laughs> deep down there is the musical theatre style. I am. I was a musical theatre nerd I when know, I was in high school. I know school, you so are. I think so we've talked about this before. It's just about got to release it, you know. That's it. Get it out there. Um. I was in bands too. That was fun. Yeah. But um, the but twenty nineteen, I started a new job. Yes. Um, a brand new job. So I've been spending all my time doing that basically. Yeah. So that and home. Yeah. And it's Having been very, a like it's fantastic been, it's a career. Full on job. A full on home life at the moment with a very young child. Yep. So that's been keeping me busy. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I have had a year. It's gone by very quickly, but there's been a lot in it. In it, yeah. Um, but it's been a lot of and the I same think... stuff. Where, like, I think you, you've done so many different things over the course of 2019 that you look back at like January, you're like, that was three years ago, surely. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, was Donald Trump still president at that point? Were we still in the Obama well, years? Well, this is the thing. There's one more year of his presidency. Yes. Touch, Touch wood. wood. Uh, and, and it's like... It's a similar thing to going, what was life like before you had a president who would tweet swear words? <laughs> it's so weird. It's just, anyway. And the other thing I do... I, I, keep, I keep grabbing people, just, just to take a quick digression, I keep grabbing people and shaking them and not physically shaking them, but just saying to them, be prepared for him to get a second term. Oh, yeah. Like, come to terms with the idea now yeah. so that when it possibly happens next year, oh, it doesn't break you in half. I can see it happening. It can totally happen. It could I... absolutely happen. I feel like... I, I don't know why this is the forum for me to have this rant, <laughs> but it could happen and he could never go to jail. He's probably not going to go to jail mm. either way. He'll probably face no repercussions for the many, many crimes he's committed. Mm. And he'll just go off and... You know, golf and, and open more resorts. That's going to be his life after the presidency. He'll start that cable channel he always wanted to do. Can I tell you something? I had the, this thought today mm. and it kind of floored me for a, for, a, for a moment. It's just, it's a little mental exercise. Yeah. At some point in the future, Donald Trump will die. Of course. Like, that's, look, I, if the know, Secret Service is listening, that's it, not no, no, an implicit it's not, threat. No, no, no. I'm just saying that at some point, like all presidents who've been in office, he will then go on to live a retirement life or whatever he sure. does, build casinos, play golf, and then he will pass on. Now, at some that means that he would be entitled to a state, a state funeral. funeral. Absolutely. He's a former president of the United States. I just want you to have... I just want everyone at home... There will be a Trump presidential library. You know that, right? Like, like oh. they, they all get a presidential library. It'll be a pamphlet. I was about to say. It'll and, just a, be a- <laughs> and, a, and a Miss Universe catalogue. <laughs> but think, in the future, there will be a president who will have to go to Donald Trump's funeral. Funeral and give a speech. And about- give a speech about how he was a patriot and he... like. Just have a mental. Surely, just, mm. just just think. No, no, no. Because I found it quite. I found it quite delightful to sit with this moment of going. Can you imagine? Can you? Can you honestly imagine how entertaining it's going to be mm-hmm. to have to watch people try to say nice things about one of the most catastrophic people but, <laughs> to ever yeah, be given the level of power that's that he very has? True. That's very and it's true. kind of was a delightful thought experiment to me and I'm not I'm not trying to say I hope he dies that's not what I'm saying uh, it's, some people might not care but it's, it's not what you're saying my, what I'm saying is that, imagine someone like uh, 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 20 years down the track sure. he passes away 
and then we have to have this state funeral with everyone going oh, and and will his legacy have changed will people go oh he you know he he killed Baghdadi the ISIS chief is that what they'll remember and kind of highlight or will he maybe he'll have been impeached or maybe he'll have been removed from office and in disgrace and then it's kind of a state funeral but held very quietly and nobody sure. really speak like it just gave me a lot of Delight that yeah. at some point there'll have to be a state funeral. <laughs> Donald Trump and what are they going to say? Well, I, what, what I would what I would find even more funny is if the nation, like the nation of the United States, just collectively decided, "No, nah, we don't need to bother for him." Do we? <laughs> like, do we? Everyone, everyone's fine with just like he'll he'll just do it himself. That's fine. Yeah. How- yeah, let's just give them a check uh, yeah. for a certain amount of money and we won't televise it, yeah. we won't talk about it, let's all just go to the pub. <laughs> and then, can you imagine, like, Donald Trump, if you believe in the concept of an afterlife, uh, just going, look at the crowds, look at how many people came to my funeral, the most amazing crowds, they miss me. He's going up to, like, Stalin, other yeah, people. Like, yeah, yeah. Look at this funeral, it's bigger than your funeral. funeral. Bigger than your funeral, Chairman Mao. <laughs> what did you ever do, Chairman Mao? <laughs> um, but he's an interesting character. He sure is. Uh, you know, who, you know who else are a bunch of interesting characters. Is this a segue? The car- I, I'm, I'm, I'm reefing us back. On no, the- no, fair enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been no, nice to catch no, up. No, it people, has been. Yeah, people it's People might be interested in our chit chat. Otherwise, I can put uh, one of those things that, that professional people do. Where skip to this. <laughs> Skip to, skip to two hours in where we got to talk about, about Game of Thrones. you know, Natalie and Stu's year of self-growth and reflection, <laughs> then skip to, what are we at? About 25 minutes in. <laughs> are we really? Fantastic. That's okay. No, no. People are used to long podcasts. They can I'm, stop. I'm sure. No, no. There, there are so many long podcasts out there now. Yeah. Like, I, I no longer feel any guilt about it. Oh, okay. Good. Yes, it's good, fine. Good, good, good. We'll push through. We'll make it Sometimes like a Sometimes I see hour. a podcast that's like 20 minutes and I go, oh, is that all? <laughs> that means I'm going to have to reach in and get my phone and change the... <laughs> Do you not, you don't do podcast players or? I don't know how to. I just have iTunes, the podcast, Apple Podcasts. And then yeah, I... but that, that, you can make like playlists and things, can't you? Maybe. I don't know. Can you? I mean, I, I use, I use a different, I, I have an Android, so I use a different oh. app, but. I suppose like line them all up and just have yeah, them play. Yeah, yeah, just have them like play. Sometimes they do that automatically, but not always. Hmm, I okay. think there's a time like. Yeah. Once... Anyway, sometimes I do it, sometimes I Fair don't. Okay. I don't know how but to run right. technology. It, it's it's becoming rarer and rarer to have like a, a tight 25-minute podcast. <laughs> I guess it just depends them, on the type. Yeah, that's I've, right. I've been listening to about three different podcasts about Jeffrey Epstein. Right. Um, because it's quite relaxing to listen to a story they, about how to billionaire... <laughs> finally, finally got what was coming to him. bastard... Yeah. Mm. Managed to get away with horrific crimes his entire life. <laughs> I, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, the Jeffrey Epstein case is amazing to me because it's, it's the first case that I've, it's the first story that I've ever seen where the conspiracy theory is he died peacefully in his cell. <laughs> right? <laughs> what absolutely happened was he was murdered. Oh, you think? <laughs> oh, I mean, look. Well, I thought I the conspiracy think, was it. Well, the the, the, the cons- like the conspiracy is that you know he he died, but, but you know that he was murdered. Oh, but right. it's like it seems fairly yeah. fairly solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the a lot of the evidence points to him being murdered, taken out. You know, and and the the mad conspiracy theorists are oh no, he just uh, naturally hung himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
just just tripped on <laughs> tripped on his shoelaces and, and died. <laughs> tripped on it was a blanket, a yeah. sheet. <laughs> Apparently, according to one of the podcasts I listened yeah. to. But yeah, you just keep hearing people, and you're like, how did these people get away with this stuff? For they were so very rich. Long? You just can do anything when you're that rich. Yeah, up to a point. Mm-hmm. But it's a long point. It's a long point. <laughs> like there would be people out there right now doing all sorts of horrific, like, and you know, I know, you know, I know it's stupid to say that. Like, I don't. Of course it's happening. Of course it is. That's the way the world is. But just when you have all the details laid out, you're like, but how? How is someone so reprehensible? And because I'm into true crime, of course, it, it's quite soothing to oh, listen absolutely. to stories about horrific, horrific, horrific abuse. <laughs> just insane. Anyway, go 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 Google go Google. <laughs> Look for some Jeffrey Epstein podcasts yes. and, and just spend your time shaking your head and going, let's all kill the rich. Um, <laughs> eat their corpses and uh, stuff. <laughs> you were trying to bring us back on track to Game of Thrones. I was, I was just saying, well, no, well, there was this show that uh, used to air. I don't know whether you remember it. It was called Game of Thrones. It was uh, considered reasonably oh. good up until its last season and then everyone kind of trashed it. But... It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so this is what I want to get into yeah. because we did a little bit in the last episode because the backlash had started. Yes. But people did not like Amelia Clark. Sure, yes. Going and, and big bad guy even though you had been saying that since I think we started I, this podcast. I will absolutely claim credit for that one. Mm. Like like I I feel like I was on that pretty early before a lot of people were. I feel you were too. Were. I feel you were too. Um you know, but but and this is the thing where we can discuss this, you know, having some time and space and obviously lots of other things that have happened between now and then. What did you think of the of the last season and out of and of the whole show? The, I've been meaning to try and rewatch it, and I did think about rewatching it on the plane, either to the UK or back. The, the last season, or the last season, because yeah. it was yeah. on it was on the plane. Oh right, yeah, and I just I don't know. It was I think there were absolute moments of glory in it. Oh sure. Um, I think the best the best resolution that I can come to is that if they had made the final season all 13 episodes yes in yeah. one go right i see what you're saying yeah i yeah. don't think people would have had the reaction the the, the negative reaction i think that would mm. have been less i think they had to have the gap because they needed all that they time that space for to do all that film. filming absolutely but the almost 2 year gap meant that the hype could build up and up and up and more and more speculation and more and more and and, and you forget like it was a 2 year gap between yeah. those two series yeah. for, for six more episodes that was the crazy thing yeah. like it, and yeah. and so because it went so quickly uh and and I look back at a lot of that time now as a bit of a blur because sure <laughs> of just how crammed that time in my life was because yeah. we were doing the live podcast. I was writing the recaps. I was going down to Sydney to do Thrones Through 60 Live and um, <laughs> drink and also doing Titanic the movie, the play at the uh, Brisbane Maritime Museum, Queensland Maritime Museum. So it was a full slate. Mm. Uh, Stuart Late. Um, <laughs> his, his name is Slate. So it it's, it's a sort of a joke there. <laughs> uh, but it... it I enjoyed the season. I can see why some people were angry. I can yes, see absolutely. that there were structural problems with the speed of things. Yeah. But I also am okay with it mm. because ultimately they were the people who had the show. They were the ones bringing it to a conclusion in the way that they knew how. And I imagine they must have consulted with George R. R. Martin through that process. Mm. 
Um, and so I was okay with it. What's interesting is what's come out in the last few days because Dan and Dave, whatever, the, the Benioff and Weiss, yeah. have, were at a conference where they talked about... Well, it's the first time they've talked since the show ended. Yeah. And they, they had been scheduled to appear at Comic-Con and they pulled out at the last minute. Ah. And so this was soon after episode six. Yeah. Um, and Comic-Con was basically a couple of weeks later. Yeah. And it was going to be the big victory lap for the show. And instead, there was this huge online, like, this mm. sucks, we hate it. And instead of getting up and taking their lumps, because why would you? They bowed out at the last minute. I think it was a couple but, of days before they said, oh, they won't be appearing. Yeah. But then they let their cast, cast. get up. Like, like basically, with the entire cast. But nobody's going to blame the cast. No, sure. Like, you'd have to be the worst kind exactly. of and comic book nerd from The Simpsons to be like, um, well, I'm sorry, a uh, woman who plays... Uh, <laughs> Kate Bush, Melisandre, why are you, well, it is are you doing this? I'll just say. <laughs> but. Yes, but you, they can't be as hard on them as they were going to be. And no. I can understand. And apparently they were saying at this conference, this has been 10 years of our life. This has been 10 years of our life. Yeah. And people are like, they sounded ungrateful or they sounded... And I haven't... List, I've only I, read transcripts. I was about quotes. to say, that, that, that Twitter thread, while accurate in its comments... Like, like, like it, was, it was accurately reporting what they were saying, but I feel like that Twitter user is one of the people who didn't really like the last uh, the last season. Oh, okay. I think I've seen some of that thread, but I've yeah. mostly read some articles yeah, yeah, exactly. about... And then the reaction to it was all the people who didn't like the last season. Yes. And sort of retroactively, like... It felt to me like retroactively misunderstanding the show because one of the big... One of the most controversial statements that they made was they, they said, oh, when we were conceiving of the show... We tried to strip as many of the fantasy elements out of it as we could, right? Because we wanted a broad audience. It was on HBO, but we wanted like, you know, housewives. And I think they, they said like basketball players, weirdly. Oh, they I don't picked know up why. some random. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they were just, and, and people were like, oh, you know, that how, what a ridiculous statement. But I'm like, you're, guys, you're talking you off not... the cuff. Well, yeah, that, that's right. But but also like as much as I as much as I personally love fantasy shows, like the thing that made Game of Thrones a hit was the fact that it was a fantasy show that you could watch without feeling like embarrassed about watching a fantasy show. It was yeah. all about, it was a very grounded show with real human characters. There's no like elves or dwarves or yeah, stuff running yeah. around. And, you know, yes, they're all like in medieval castles and stuff, but it's all about like the intrigue and the plotting yeah. and, and, and that, the, the maneuvering. That's what got me in. Exactly. And, I, I have and, said this story so many times and I said it in my live show yeah. about how all of a sudden there's a dragon at the end and I'm like, oh, well, it's too late. I'm, that's, that's right. I'm exactly. watching fantasy. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of this stealth thing where they get you in and they suck you in and, and they almost trick you into watching this high fantasy show. Yeah. And that's what's so brilliant about the, the show and the, and the fact that by the end of that, like it starts off with this very delicate, intricate plotting of kings and queens and lords yes. and ladies and the end is a battle against like an army of ice zombies with like dragons yeah. flying around. I'm like, that's the same show. Yes. That's, that's what I love about Game of Thrones is that it went on that journey and everyone's acting like that was an act, that that was like something that these guys like did by accident. And I'm like, no, that was a very deliberate thing. Yeah. And not a bad decision at and all. would HBO have even greenlit a show that was pure fantasy? No, they would they, not. They might <laughs> do now. Not at that although time. Although they kind of have and kind of haven't, but we'll get onto that. Yeah. But at the time, 
would they and then the other thing is that people were saying you know oh they they messed up but it shows how male privilege is they they get to they got to do the show even though they made a terrible pilot and they tried to do it all themselves and they wrote badly and they mm. didn't know how to do dialogue and everything sounded like monty python I'm like that sounds like them kind of looking back at themselves going we had no idea what we were doing yeah, and, exactly. And, yeah. and I, I'm not trying to excuse them. I'm sure there is an element of like, hey, we're really confident, cocky guys who we think like they would have had to sell themselves to HBO totally, yeah. to get the right to do the show. They would have done the pilot, screwed it up, had people come in to help fix it, and yeah. gone, oh, okay, we have a lot to learn, sure. and then. They've put on a, a great first series, which was so accurate to the book. Absolutely, I think people yeah. have forgotten that. Absolutely. That first series was so faithful to the book. If you read the book, it's like a transcript of the, the show. The one in many thing cases. that I can remember from the book that was not in that first series was how Tyrion's trip up to the top of the Eyrie took three days because he had yeah. to go up by lift and donkey or something. Mm. And there was like a chapter of him just going up to the top of the Eyrie, <laughs> which they cut out. Quite understandably. Quite understandably. For pacing reasons. You don't need it. Yeah. You just go, oh, it's really hard to get up there. Okay, we all accept. He's and up. also that they wanted to have a battle but, at the end of the series and they didn't have enough money, so they just had that awesome yeah, shot they had of Tyrion, Tyrion getting knocked, getting knocked out, out, out and he sleeps through the battle. So they, they made it work. Yeah, exactly. Inventively. Um, but there's nothing to stop them going, well, we've been promising, you know. And there is, I mean, maybe the Night King apparently is their creation. So Right, okay. Yeah, so apparently the Night King does not exist in the books, or at least not Not yet. in that form, yeah. In that form. So the character of the Night King and what he wants, and everyone yeah. wants to know what he wants, and it turns out just... Nothing. <laughs> or, or like just the domination everything. of all life on Yeah, just yeah, yeah. kill everything. Just being driven like a virus to yeah. just, you know, spread and, and kill. And I guess there's like, there's like some very deep underlying like revenge thing there. Yeah. But, but, it's but in the end, it, it was a red herring. Yeah. I mean, not a red herring, but it <laughs> was walker. it was one threat, but there was an equal and opposite threat. That's and right. You, yeah. And, you know, you needed one threat to defeat the other. And sure. then that threat became, oh, the big threat. And But meanwhile, you had other people who had... It was still an examination of power and what happens to people mm. with power. Yeah. Uh, Joffrey and Cersei and uh, John mm. and Danny and all these people, Stannis and... Uh, all these people who had power and what happens to them and how they deal with it. Yeah, I I I get that they probably are entitled um, white men who feel they can run a show. I get that, but they also when they say it's been ten years of their life, that is that is a big That's, thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this that, was a decade, and and I don't <laughs> think you can take that away from them. I think it's really rude to go well, you've just ruined my childhood. Like the whole show is ruined for me now sure. because I didn't quite like the the way the final season But and, and not just for them, like for, for the, most of the cast, certainly certainly the main cast and, and a lot of the crew apparently as well. Like this is a show that sort of stayed, like they kept people who were, people who were on the show on season one, if they didn't leave voluntarily, like they stayed with the show. Yeah. There were people who were with the show from season one to season eight. Yeah. You know, special effects guys, like uh, stunt people, like all that stuff. Oh, yeah, because I finally watched that doco. Yes, the yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, they followed, such a good, such they, a good they followed that guy who was an extra, like yes. in every season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a start guy. And He's been around, yeah. At the yeah. end, he gave, what a great, he what gave a great Kit guy. Harrington a jumper. Yeah. With the, and Kit was really like, oh, this is so much better than the ones we get. <laughs> it's really sweet. And again, that kind of stuff is not what you see as... A viewer. No, totally. So I, yeah. I get it. And I, I love that documentary because it, it's, it almost provides, like, it's obvious, it, it's obvious they wanted to do, like, a special sort of documentary to 
see out the last season. But it almost stands as like a justification for why the show needed to finish. It's like just yeah. just in terms of people were at the physical end yeah. of their rope. Yeah. Like, like this show takes everything out of you and they had made this such an ambitious like plan for the last season that you just physically can't do any more episodes let yeah. alone another season. Yeah. You know, like they, they had reached the limit of what a television show could do. Yes. And and in that respect, Game of Thrones will never be topped, I don't think. Or certainly, you know, it'll be it'll be a very ambitious show that tries. Yes. Because just the scale of this, you made you made six movies basically for yes. the last the last season. It, including the Battle of Winterfell, but every single mm. um uh, you know, every single episode was a movie, mm. and it's it's like, well, you know, how can on you half the budget less on on on, on like half the budget a, a of fraction a of, yeah. of the budget of whatever of all of you them. know, yeah, of what of what a mid range Hollywood movie, let alone mm. a Marvel movie or something, mm. would get. You know, so the fact that they that this got made at all is a miracle. <laughs> you know, and you know, I, I know I said, and you know, in, in structural terms and all this sort of thing, I, I've said before, like if the final season, if season seven and season eight were both 10 episodes long, like all the other seasons were, I think they would have had the space to actually land a lot of these punches that they were trying to throw, but they physically couldn't do any more episodes. Yeah. And they didn't have time. They didn't have the time. They had they, a two year gap between season seven they, and season eight. Yeah. And that w- almost wasn't enough. It's it's bananas. Mm. It's so crazy. It, and that's I think yeah the scale of it is something that really shouldn't be forgotten. And it's really sad that people would let, um, you know, because it was it was flawed. I think it was a flawed final season. Absolutely. Yeah. But I don't think it was a terrible final season. No, and there were I moments there in were there that beautiful oh. moments in there. There were moments where I absolutely adored Danny and. Mm. You know, and and loved what she did, and loved and and could see things coming and see things turning, and I also think there was still a justification for how she why she acted the way she acted, and mm. you know, yes, it was a horrible twist and and a destructive well, is, one, but yeah, that's what happens in messy. Sure, and it happens when someone with a savior complex gets an army and three dragons. Yeah, you know, like it's. Like, like again, like not not to relitigate like the whole Danny becoming a supervillain thing, but like it that that's yeah. what that was an exploration of of someone who believes like with their whole body and spirit that they are in the right are in the right. Mm. That's a terrifying person. And that's the thing not... is, she was for so much of her life sure. in the right because she'd been wrong. And she was she where was, the was rightful. Where was the yeah. grey line that sh- that blurred it, you know and that's what game of thrones had always done is blurring mm. that line of, of of good and bad and that's right but but it, but it was it was so brilliant because if you go back and think about a lot of the things that she was doing like you know she was doing terrible things mm. but she was doing them to terrible people and as as Tyrion said we cheered her on we cheered her on and like, we all did as she well she burned people alive she raised cities to the ground yeah. she did ter- she crucified hundreds of people mm. and strung their bodies up as a warning to others yeah but they were all really bad, so we were. And they we were. were. Sure. That's the th- yeah. that's the thing. It's like <laughs> you know, but it's the, the, thing, the potential yeah. was there. These were not she was never led in anything she no, did. No, absolutely she, not. She was never she made the decisions from the beginning. Yeah, she made a series she of decisions. She took advice that, from people yeah. and she tempered her temper on many occasions, but eventually no. So And it's the it's the curse of the Targaryens as but well. I just don't know what people 
wanted? Like, what was the end people wanted? Did they want John on the Iron Throne? Did they want Danny and John ruling together happily? Did they want... I don't think people... No, there's no... I think people had a vague idea about what they want. I think the people who are signing that petition don't know what they want. Oh, yes, the petition. I, I think that the, the million people who signed that thing... I don't think they... I, I If you sat them down and put a gun to their head and say, well, you'll be arrested for a start, but... <laughs> They would be. They wouldn't be able to tell you what their perfect vision is. They just know that whatever that was wasn't it. Look, the internet being what it is, is that hive brain probably could have pulled together some interesting plot. Sure, outcomes. and there, there has been. There's been plenty of discussion. Like people have sort of pulled, you know, suggested various things, and and even. And this but it, is the it's thing. also the thing that because they stripped out a lot of stuff that was in the books and sure. you know you what I I got into watching a fair few conspiracy kind of YouTube as I think I mentioned during the podcast yeah. and people going oh what about the Night of the Laughing Tree it was at Liana <laughs> yes, you know exactly. and, and people going how's that going to come into the final season it's like <laughs> they didn't bring any of that stuff in that's right they exactly. didn't have time to bring any of that stuff yeah, in that's it maybe if they had done season seven and eight as 10 episodes, they mm. could have brought more of that backstory of Liana in, but <clears throat> the night King was coming. So I can see why. Yeah. And, and all of that stuff really, you know, I mean, and, and really I mean, the, the only is, thing that matters is that who's John, John's parents were, does it matter yeah. how they fell in love? It's just that the narrative was that he kidnapped and raped her. The reality was they were both in they love and they secretly went and ran had away a baby. and had a baby and uh, it was John Snow. And, and, and the Robert's narrative was wrong. You know, yeah, or that history, you know, history is written by the winners. Yeah, yeah, and that's the that's what you need to know. You don't need to yeah. know all this stuff about who was the second cousin of the knight of the tree of the and yes, the children of the forest. Uh, they were there mainly to kind of say we've been fighting these guys for a thousand years. Yes, yeah. and also to remind you that it's a fantasy show, yeah. and then you can, and then you can have little plant elves if you want to. Yes, um, but do you think? I mean, the thing for me is that. In the few months that there's been since the end of the last series and now, there's been a, there's been a couple of bumps in Game of Thrones news because there was the Emmys and it won like yeah, a, a and it won crap a load of Emmys because of Emmys. course it did yeah. because a lot of them were technical Emmys like they and they so they should they be deserved yes them. exactly like the, this was a show that deserved all of the technical yeah. Emmys. Um, Peter Dinklage won for um, you know oh, which is yay. which is deserved I was because sad he's amazing. Tom- Gwendolyn Christie didn't win for Brienne. Yeah. She ended herself. She ended herself. Yeah. yeah I'm so. That would have been such board. a good, like, like screw yeah. you, but. Absolutely. Um, but didn't get it, unfortunately. And I think that was a category where there were like three or four Game of yeah. Thrones people and like yeah. two other people. And I think the Game of Thrones vote got split a little. Probably. But, yeah. yeah. But, um, and then uh, Game of Thrones. I can't actually. <laughs> this is me being professional. Did it, it did it win best, best drama? Best drama? I think it did, didn't it? I think it did. Yeah. We might need to fact check that really quickly. <laughs> it's been it's been a hot minute since I, the I'm Emmys. I'm pretty sure it did because um, there was a shot of them all at the end on stage. and. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Game but, of Thrones Emmy. Yeah, Emmy. I don't know if it won many acting awards beyond Peter Dinklage. Yes, yeah, yeah. It won Outstanding Drama Series uh, and Best Supporting Actor, which was the two big, mm, two big awards. Performance that it won. ones, yeah. yeah. Um, but it absolutely deserved all of those. But then it, it, it notably, and this is the thing, like it notably lost uh, best director. Um, oh which, yeah. So so three the three main directors were not, were all nominated. And yes. I think they both got split. But I mean, surely Miguel Sapochnik. 
yes. deserves for the Battle of Winterfell. The Battle of Winterfell. Which was a, like a three-month 55 night shoot. Nights. 55 so nights. almost two months. Two-month-long yeah. night shoot. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the most ambitious... It's the most ambitious thing that's ever been attempted for television, let alone film. Mm. Um, and they gave it to an episode of Ozark. <laughs> they, they gave it to... Um, uh, uh, Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. For his episode of Ozark, um, which is insane. I've never seen Ozark. I'm sure it's great, but it's it, they're just operating on different levels. I'm, I'm told that I'm told that that can... was the that was the award that sort of Ozark got because Ozark is apparently I haven't seen it either, but apparently it's a very good show. But it's very sort of quiet yes. and you know introspective and, yeah. and lots of talking and that sort of thing. And it's a lot of people like standing around in dark outdoor environments <laughs> you know in the middle of the snow yeah um and i guess that puts it on par with yeah, I you know, so. the battle of winterfell that is true but you know Dark, I, I feel snow. like i feel like that's the only thing that they sort of have in common um how do you not win the best director mm. nod for that it's insane to me um and like best best screenplay went to someone else and and as it probably should have but yeah and i can see the writing maybe not being as up there is certainly some of the earlier seasons in terms mm. of the, you know, the wit or whatever. It was, it but was perfunctory. They had to get the drama and the action done. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, how many Marvel films have we seen that are not necessarily? Well, that's as... true, but but Marvel didn't start out as a very um, yeah true. Very that's cerebral... probably a bad example <laughs> on my part. But shows change because the world changed. So maybe maybe it was an inherent. Maybe it was something that was always going to happen to Game of Thrones. No matter sure. what, in an alternative universe where a totally different ending happened to the one that we got, hmm. there would still be people angry going, "Yeah, well, that didn't make sense. Oh, I'm sure. Like, like, I don't know whether there would have been such a huge backlash, but there certainly would have been at least a few people saying, we're not, you know, we're not happy with this. Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the thing for me, and I, I've said this before, but it's, it's a good... I think I think it's a good summation of how my feelings on it is that I really liked what happened. I just didn't necessarily like how they got there. Right. You know, I agree with all of the choices, everything that happened for all the characters, mm. the way everything shook out. I just think the show didn't necessarily sell every move that it made. And if it had had two or three more episodes, maybe it would have had the space to do that. Mm. But. Again, you just physically did not have the time to do it. I was reading something about uh, Lena Headey saying, and they, the way that the article kind of described it, was she was not happy with her character's end at Game of Thrones. And I was like, It's such ah. a beat up. Yeah. It was her, apparently there was going to be a scene where she had a miscarriage. Oh, So right. she lost the baby. Right. Um, and then that was like the same day as Danny attacked right. kind of thing. Um, and so it was supposed to paint her in a more human light. But then you have to spend time on that. Like that's, you but can't also, just like do that and then walk away from that plot point. But also because so many people had been pondering about whether she was even pregnant, mm. you know, they thought it's totally within Cersei's realm of possibility that she would fake something like that sure. and keep Jamie on side. Uh, but also I feel like she did have a humanizing ending that she was crying in the, in trying to get out and trying to save her baby. Yeah. And then Jamie was the one going, it's all over. Let's yeah. just deal with it. Let's just be together. I kind of, I still, I, I don't think that her having a, no, I've lost my baby. There's nothing to live for. 
I liked her trying to get out until the very last moment, yeah. trying to save, trying to keep what she's always tried to do is the Lannister line going. <laughs> that's right, you know, exactly, she just, yeah. That's all that's motivated her. Absolutely. And, you know, her going, oh, we're trying, you know, I've got to get out, I've got to get out. And Jamie going, shh, shh, it's all over. Yeah, it's it's done. That was fine for me. That was a choice totally. that, that yeah. worked for me. So I think, yes, maybe on an actor scale, she might have got the Emmy if that scene had been in there and they could play it at the Emmy. Absolutely. But, uh, and even for, even for me, Choices well, because because otherwise she spent most of the last series basically standing on a balcony drinking wine. Yes. Um, well, there were two, is, I think there were like two or three episodes she wasn't even in. She wasn't even in them. Yeah, exactly. Which is insane. Like, um, but I mean, even even what happened with Jamie, like a lot of people were very angry that uh, that they said a lot of his character work was undone. But I feel like, and the show didn't sell this. But I feel like the intention was that he's this doomed character. Mm. That he's he's a he's tragic someone, yeah, hero, exactly. Well, a tragic a tragic figure anyway. Maybe he's definitely not a hero, and that's the point. You know, he's someone who's done terrible things in his life, and he, for a brief moment, he thought he could maybe get away from them. But then he sort of comes to this realization that no, he's terrible, and he needs to go and try and do some good where he can at the very end. Or just end. that his time is up. Yeah. And he's experienced... That, that sort of fatalism. Yeah, and he's experienced a moment of joy and mm. what life could be and then for whatever reason gone, this has been nice, but it's not me. Sure. Or it's not... Yeah, and the show I don't deserve this. And, and you as the viewer have to do all of the legwork for that, right? Mm. To, to, to get from point A to point B on that character arc. But it's there. It's just that the show does not hold your hand at all in the worst way. Like, like it, not that it's, you know, not, not taking you for granted or talking down to you. It just doesn't have the time to do that. It's just like, you get it, right? Like, he's a doomed character, you know, tragic figure, you yeah. know, forever haunted by his sister. Great. Okay, yeah. great. We're moving yeah. on. We've got more zombies. You've seen go. Hamlet? Yeah? yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. move good, on. Good, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the big flaw in... The final, especially the final six episodes, where they just don't have time to do any of that stuff that they were that they were so good about setting up in the earlier seasons. They just you you have to do all the work yourself, and I think a lot of people were not willing to do that work. They were like, and nor, and nor, nor should they be like like you know there, there's there's levels of work that you know you you meet each other, you and the show have to meet each other halfway. Mm. The show has to give you enough to sort of hang stuff on, and otherwise it's almost fan fiction you know well we'll get onto that when we talk about uh watchmen which we'll be doing yes exactly very soon um sizzle for later in the podcast for, <laughs> later in this podcast can i ask you about the recent hbo max news at the launches where they were talking about these shows so we were going to have a, a, a prequel show set a thousand years ago yes. with naomi watts and other people yeah and they did a pilot for that and it's been canned it's been canned in and favor on- of of uh, the the prequel House series, House of the Dragon, House of the Dragon, based on Fire and Blood, which yeah. is the book that uh, George R. R. Martin put out last year, I think. Yeah, yeah, I and have it. I yeah, have it I do mind. too. Yeah. I I have yet to read it. I've yet to read. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we terrible? I think Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast uh, gave that to me, and I'm really sorry I haven't read it yet. <laughs> Apparently, it's really good, but it's one of those ones mm. that it's like it's not a story. It's a it's a encyclopedia. It's, a, it's an encyclopedia. Yeah. It's it's like a it's the 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 in universe thing is that it's, it's a, one of the archmaesters has written a history of the Targaryen ah, dynasty. Okay, and so this is a history of the Targaryen dynasty, dynasty and, yeah. and I'm sure there's like, you know, story elements threaded mm. all the way through it because you know George R. R. Martin is actually very good at what he does, but 
you know, it's a big, thick book um, all about the Targaryen household. And so obviously he, it's been on his mind recently. Mm. He's given a lot of thought to the actual history of Valyria and what happened before the Doom and the, the rise of House Targaryen. And I think it'll be a great show. I, I, it's a great idea for a show. Mm. Um, and I Miguel find it, Sapochnik is directing he's it? All, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, so he's one of the... Producing it? Yeah, or, yeah. And he's yeah. one of the... He was, he's involved. I read an interesting piece, though, because the Blood Moon uh, idea, and it had the pilot, and I did read that supposedly there were issues with it. They watched it, they sent it back for more editing, and then it came back and they said, no, we... We don't want that. Mm. But I did read an article that said it was it's sad because it was pre- predominantly woman-led. So it yeah. had a female producer and female head writer. Uh, that, and... Jane Espenson, who worked on uh, Buffy and Angel and, and worked on oh, a bunch of okay. other things. Uh, yeah, and she's a very good writer. Um, yeah. And uh, this would have been her first like show-running position. Oh, okay. Uh, so she was obviously, you know, really, really, you know, build, building it up and, and all that sort of thing. And it was the first, it's the first, like, it would have been the first starring vehicle for Naomi uh, Watts for, for a long time. As a as television well. show, certainly. As a TV show, mm. yeah. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like, so obviously, like, she, like, Naomi Watts was, was the lead of the thing. It was obviously going to be relatively female focused. Mm. It had a female showrunner. Female producer. Female I think. producer. Well, but like, a lot of key there, creatives there was, there was a were women. Big, strong key creative uh, were women. And. They canned it, mm. and well, they and not only that, they they made them make a pilot. They sent them back to do reshoots for the pilot. They watched the final edit of the pilot, and then went, "Nah, but this one we're going to just yeah. order a full series without Sight a unseen. pilot. They yeah. haven't made a pilot, and it's all being done by dudes. And it's all dudes. Um, it's not a great look. It isn't a great look. And like, and maybe it's going to be the better show. Maybe, maybe that pilot sucked." Yeah. This is the thing. Maybe it sucked. I, I, I don't know how you get these things, but hopefully it'll leak onto the internet one yeah. day and we can we can watch and, it. And then everyone can watch it and be like, oh yeah, that sucked. Because if it did, then yeah. then that's fine. It should not have been made. But, you know, it it's not a good look. And and it sort of coincided with... It literally coincided within within a few days mm. of that transcript of, of the Dan's, yeah. of Dan and, and Dave, talking about, uh, you know, how they lucked into making Game of Thrones. And so there's this narrative building of, you know, it's such a boys club and, and yeah. all this sort of thing. And it's and hard I'm, to argue against if, if when on the evidence of it. Yeah. And yet, you know, I think what that documentary did show was how many of the key creatives were women. Oh, and absolutely. People yeah. running the show and getting mm. shit done. So it do, it is unfortunate. Hopefully it won't just be dudes. They will bring no. other people in. Um, look, fantasy, I suppose... Is it fair to say that fantasy does tend to aim or historically has aimed more at men? I know that's not the case now. I know there's a big female audience no, in fantasy. Totally. Um, but certainly when I was growing up, yes. yeah, historically yeah. it was so. more dudes reading fantasy than girls. I think so. Although, I mean, there's always been a strong female presence. Uh, you know, I like the... Uh, like the Pern series and all that sort of thing was written by a woman. Like there's, yes, there's no, always I, been a strong uh, I, female, like lively presence. Yes. But, but having said that, the, it's always been the majority were men. And certainly the majority of the readership were, were usually men depending on the series. Yes. Um, and I think it's only recently that there's been a lot of, uh, that there's been a strong surge in like female readership of like, high fantasy yes, and that sort of thing yes. but certainly like urban fantasy and, and you know like yeah and that's all I'm saying in the same way that 
you know, I think that the high uh, engagement in true crime, which is something else I yes. really love yeah. watching and get engaged in, very much female dominated. Famously, is, is famously so dominated by female audiences we and, just and and creators. Love, <laughs> love reading about murder. Love reading about women being listening, murdered. listening to murder. As I said, the Jeffrey Epstein <laughs> thing is like it's horrific. I, I gobble it up. I'm yeah, like, tell me absolutely. more about what these horrible people did. I need to know. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm not I'm not. I'm not having a go at anyone who is a, a woman listening, who's no. a fantasy reader. You totally. go, do your thing. That is cool. But for me, <coughs> not historically a fantasy reader, super into sure. Game of Thrones. Yeah. So uh, I am intrigued by both of these series, why one got canned, why the other has yeah, been absolutely. ordered. It is interesting. I was reading a piece in The Guardian, an opinion piece of someone saying, is it time to just let the universe die? Because sometimes you can you know, have too much of a good thing. Too much of a good you, thing. You create, yeah. too, are there too many Star Wars? Are there too many Star Treks? Are there too many in-universe things that I mean, for, uh, dilute the original greatness of something? And so yeah, there's a lot I understand of, that. I, I do agree. feel that that's a bit rich to say that about Game of Thrones, which has just been, or Westeros, which has just been one show yeah, about exactly. one world. And they could... And, and the thing is, like, both of these shows would have been very different to Game of Thrones. Yes. Like, 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 so, you know, Valyria, like old Valyria was a very different world yes. to Game of Thrones. It's a, it's a world that, you know, if you talk about stripping magical elements out of it, like it has magic volcanoes and dragons. Oh, okay. Like, like Valyria. It's like Atlantis on acid. Exactly. It's like Atlantis on acid. It's Atlantis with dragons and volcanoes, <laughs> you know, and it, it, it's like the Roman empire, but they have dragons and everyone, everyone's a magic user. And, you know, it's it's high fantasy. You would have dragon wizard battles on, mm. on a regular... Because, like, all the houses are jostling with each other for power and position. You know, uh, the, the, the the big irony of it is that House Targaryen was a very minor house within Valyria itself. Oh, okay. And that they only survived because they were the ones who... Uh, one of one of the daughters of the, the head of the house had a prophetic dream that the doom was coming. And so he moved his house to Dragonstone, oh. um, with with all their dragons and everything, and, and like the it other. It's a long way away. Yeah, it is. It is. That's it. But but you know that she had this prophetic dream that you need to go here right. to get away from the doom, and that that was and, and you know that the house was made fun of because you know they had made this silly decision. They'd removed themselves from Valyrian mm. life and gone in it into exile, basically, mm. and then Valyria exploded, and we don't know why. But we know that like a cataclysm occurred, and that whole peninsula sank into the sea, and and we went. Does there. make it interesting with this house of the dragon? Uh, is that how it's going to end up? Well, that's what or I wonder. Is exactly. it just? Is it like ten years before that thing, and we see the growth? I'm or really is interested it, to it, find out. Yeah. Is it uh, as the is is it like Krypton? You know where Superman exactly is, yes. is <laughs> Krypton oh. ends at the beginning of the Superman story. Yes. Uh, it- well, I wonder. I wonder if that's why they chose to go with this series in particular, because this has the potential to link up to Game of Thrones, like but where we everyone, know of Game of Thrones. But everyone kind of knows 
what happened with the Targaryens. Like if you've watched the extra material mm. of how, oh yes, and and they <clears throat> the Starks knelt and the, he they went here and conquered this army. But like, wouldn't that be cool to see? Like wouldn't that be wouldn't that be cool to see the war, like Aegon's conquest? <laughs> yes, but would it? But people do people need the mystery when they or do they just want to see something that they know is going to happen? I don't think I don't think they need the mystery as long as the story is told well enough. All, all we have in the show is people little snippets of people talking about history like like we know vaguely what happened but we don't know everything that happened you know and there's there's all sorts of wiggle room for what could have happened and, and this is so. the thing like you know and so well, we don't know how long is going to be spent on valyria yeah like we don't know how long is going to be spent with aegon and you're right i mean the most immediate pressing thing is probably you don't want to do a series that's just about robert's rebellion because everyone knows no, where that no exactly goes. what but yeah. 300 years earlier, maybe there's more interesting twists and turns. But I still think that, yeah, it's like, but oh, the, the trouble... Targaryens conquer, yeah. conquer Westeros. And... I, mean, I mean, the trouble is, like, there is time that passes between the Doom of Valyria. Like, like there's two or three generations that pass between the Doom of Valyria and Aegon's conquest. Oh, okay. Like, Aegon was born on Dragonstone. Like, he didn't come from Valyria. Mm-hmm. Like, he was very much of Westeros, which is why he has, like, Westerosi heraldry and stuff like that. Like, you know, he... You know, I'm getting very deep down the rabbit hole of <laughs> some real nerdy stuff. But, you know, it's a, it's a Game of Thrones podcast. You, you, we're among friends. Yes, that's right. Uh, <laughs> I just... It was very silent. I realized I was going on. No, but, no, but, you, you know, like, 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 but, but, you know, there's uh, uh, 50... To a hundred years between the Targaryens the going from, from the from the Doom and Aegon's conquest, so you do wonder, like, are they going to shorten that length of time? Are they going mm. to? And that that creates problems for Game of Thrones because the Doom of Valyria is seen as something that happened like, you know, hundreds of years ago, and that that could still be the case because mm. you have about three hundred years between Aegon's Aegon, Aegon and Robert's Rebellion. Yeah, but yeah, like, like what? Is it going to be an anthology show where you have like you know one group of characters, and then we jump forward in time? Oh, I you know, see. Yeah. Like, what's it going to be? Mm. And I don't know. Mini movies, almost. Yeah, yeah, almost. Or you know, like like series long arcs, and then you jump forward in time, and that has ramifications for what happens with the plot and stuff like that. Yeah. What is it even like? We don't know. <laughs> there's mm. there's so little information about this show. Yes. Whereas we had a. A very strong idea about what the the sort of blood moon the blood moon show was going to be it was about, the, was, about the, the rise of the white walkers and the battle for the dawn which is a very specific time in history would could they have dumped that because they worried it could be a repeat of this I, I wonder i wonder yeah, yeah. oh well, we're just going to be going towards a big battle that's right with yeah. the white walkers but it, it would end with a climactic battle and the war would but be would raised it, would it be <laughs> Yeah, would it be anticlimactic because we know a thousand years down the track they're going to be defeated? Is I guess. what I mean. Yeah, like, I wonder. I wonder if that's why they decided. Whereas the, but I mean, yeah, exactly. It probably mirrors what happened in Game of Thrones a bit too closely. Mm. I wonder. I don't know. I just I would be interested to see that pilot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I and I'd be interested leads. to see the first pilot of Game of Thrones that they reshot and cut yeah. half of it out. And a lot of people. <sighs> With like oh, different castings as well, and all sorts oh, yeah, of weird heaps things. Of them. And, yeah. But a lot of pilots are remade and reshot, and yeah. it's not unusual. I feel like it's. I 
feel like it's a bit rich the, the to kind of just point. attack them for yeah. for having a pilot and trying to do it all themselves and Absolutely. getting the dialogue wrong. And it's like, yeah, well, if you've come in, and I think I read about other shows that they'd done. I don't think they'd done anything like fantasy. So it probably is when they come in and say every second line just sounded like Monty Python. They're saying that as a joke, like that we, you know, the tone yeah. wasn't right. We couldn't they, get they, the right they, tone. But they obviously got a note that they that the 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 the, the, the verbiage that they were using, yeah, like like back off a bit. Like that's you know, right. Well, they were trying to do it themselves, and eventually yeah. were told, no, you need to get someone else in, yeah, or absolutely. realize themselves. We need to get someone else in. But I can totally understand people going, oh my god, we've got this big project. We have to get it right. We can only trust ourselves. We yeah. need to. I can kind of understand that. Like just, again, I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges, but when you are working on creative things, you do want to sort of control and and have, oh, I see this happening and then this happening. But then you do need other people outside eyes to go, have you tried this or bounce things off? It's part of the process. And it's some people work where they just do everything themselves for better or for worse. Sure. Uh, It happens in live shows as well. So I, maybe I'm, (laughs) I'm not trying to sound like, well, you don't understand because you're not an artist. I'm just trying to give the perspective that I can put myself in the position of these two guys who are, what, in their mid-30s at the time. Yeah. So they've been quite successful, but this is the biggest project they've ever had. They've yeah. pitched it and they've people have gone, okay, you're two white dudes, we'll, we'll trust they, you. they've been and writers they've, gone, and they've never run a show before. That was yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. So then they're like, oh, shit, oh, God, we've got to get, oh, God, okay, <laughs> do a pilot. Oh, God, it sucks. How do and, we fix this? F- first of all, meet with George R. R. Martin and like and get his And prove yourself, yeah. Yeah, and go, we get it, we understand your story. Mm. And, and like I feel like that's gotten lost as well because like yeah. they 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 joke they're like oh I don't know why you know George trusted us with this and they're like oh see they admit it they tricked George R R Martin into making his mistake it's like no 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 he's he, not a dumb man he's not an idiot he uh, he tells that story you know he asked that question who is Jon Snow's mother and apparently they answered correctly yes and he was like right you understand the story you can do it yeah. And you know. also because they didn't want to turn it, everyone else had apparently wanted to turn it into a 90-minute movie yeah. about Jon Snow. And they were like, no, 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 we want, we're pitching it to HBO. We want to make it a series. We, we want yeah. to get into the thing. So they've gone, oh, okay, he, he said these two guys see. They so seem to know what they're doing. And this is the thing. It's like, yes, they're dudes and they're privileged to be in that position, but they also would have had to really back themselves and, like, pitch totally. for... And- so <laughs> them saying, we can't believe he gave us this material... I don't see that as it's them going can't freaking believe he gave us this material yeah, oh my god exactly. yeah. you know and then we're struggling to know what to do with it and <laughs> I'm not trying to defend them I'm just saying that I can empathize with the position totally. that they were in yes. as newcomers to running a show and what a show yeah uh, it's it's revisionism about oh well, yeah they're just entitled it's like yes it is a boys club of course it is but it doesn't mean that they didn't struggle or they didn't freak out or exactly. worry that they were doing the wrong thing or, yeah. you know, they're still human beings, hopefully, who are not, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> not totally destroyed by money and No, and I don't think power. they are. I mean, and, they and certainly... And they dropped out of Star Wars. I was about to say, they certainly seem to know their limits because they yeah. they took on that massive Netflix deal. Yeah, and then, what's that about? It's like millions of gajillions It's of, a blank check. Shit. Like it's a million millions of dollars deal, just blank check, make TV shows and movies for us. Like Netflix threw a bucket of money at them and said, "Do that Game of Thrones thing, but do it for us this time." That's crazy. It's insane. It's completely insane. And so on top of that, 
they also signed on to do a bunch of Star Wars films. <laughs> and they were like, okay, we probably can't do both of these things. And so they've decided to step away from Star Wars. Yeah. Which is for the best because they would have turned out like probably some terrible movies because they weren't giving their full attention to them because they were also trying to develop things yeah. for Netflix. You know, and so the Netflix things would have sucked. The Star Wars films would have sucked. Everything would have been bad. So they've gone, look, we won't do the Star Wars things for now. I love that they've sort of left the door open. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that remains to be seen whether they ever come back to that. But certainly, apparently it was a very like amicable walking away. And they, they, they're they doing their thing with Netflix now. I wonder now. what they're going to do. I'm really excited. They... Something hopefully totally different to Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, like, I mean, did you hear not... did you hear about their idea they were going to do, like, Confederate or whatever so, it was? yeah, that, that was went set... quiet. Oh, yeah, it sure did. They're not doing that anymore. No, that... <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even remember seeing anything about it being dropped. It's just, like, just put in a cupboard and yeah, shut yeah. the door oh, and nobody talks done. about yeah, it. No, no one even mentions that it ever existed, um, which is for the best, because uh, it was a terrible idea at a terrible time. It is... Yeah, it yeah. was for anyone for anyone who doesn't know, it was a story about like the Civil War in the United States. If the South had won, if and, the South had won, and slavery was still a yeah, thing. Yeah, so it was like an alternate history sort of thing. Um, which obviously, and, I mean, you can see where they're where they're trying to get to. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's there's the man in the high castle, which is all about what if the Nazis had won World yes. War Two, and like America is a Nazi country. Um, you know, and, and, and under the under the German fascist rule. Um, which is an interesting what if, and apparently it's really good. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I've not it, seen it either. Yeah. Apparently it's a really good show, um, which could also, you know, has similar problematic elements mm. to it. But you know, they were going to make a show where black people were still slaves, and it's like you probably are going to run into some trouble. You're two white guys writing this show. You know, like people rightfully pointed out, it's maybe not your story to tell. In many ways. Mm. It's it and it came at a weird time. It was like the, it, yeah, for me the thing is I can understand wanting to explore that as an option because yeah. I can again not trying to defend, but I could I can do the thought experiment where you sure. go, we're in a time that's so divisive and there's so much you know black people get shot disproportionately by police, Absolutely. they're disproportionately persecuted, they're disproportionately all of this stuff and they're free. You mm. know the Civil War, the good guys won. That's it. Yeah. Quote unquote. Um, didn't stop a whole bunch of other things, but it, it would be, I can, I can see them doing the thought experiment of going, if we've ended up, if it's been 140 years since the civil war and we're in this position, what would have happened if, if they had won? Now that falls down because that America, the South was kind of the last holdout really with slavery, I think, yes. um, yeah. historically. So it had already been well over in Britain by the time in other parts of the world, America, the South was kind of the big last holdout. Yeah. As I understand it, I may be wrong. So historically, it was just not something that was going to perpetuate into the 20th century. But I can see someone sitting down and doing the thought experiment. Absolutely, yeah. And just thinking about it in that way. And I I can see, and I'm white, and I just want to say that how I'm thinking about this is not how a person of color would think about it. Absolutely, yeah. And I totally get that. Um, but I'd be interested to think about how a person of color would do that thought experiment. Yeah. You know, would sure. Yeah. Would, yeah, absolutely. If, if you're someone who faces discrimination and persecution because of your skin color, 
would you sit down and go through this thought experiment and go, what would it be like if we were still slaves? Like, mm. would how would that have? Would there be rebellion? Would there be organization? Would there be which there was at the time? Would that have continued, or would it be harsher penalty? Or so, I'm yeah, I'm not trying to defend. Again, I just can see I can see people sitting down, throwing your ideas around, and going, that would be really interesting politically. Mm. Would you have ended up with a Trump? Would you have ended up with the kind of politics that we have now? If, you know, if that had happened a different way. Yeah. So, again, as a thought experiment, I can see why people went, yeah, that is interesting. We could maybe delve into the politics of our time through this prism. But really not sitting back and looking at the bigger picture, which is actually it is a really divided time. <laughs> and yeah, and do there we really is enough need, yeah. <laughs> bad shit happening <laughs> to make people feel horrible do we want to add to that by going well here's yeah. here's another fantasy we can give to the racist white supremacist <laughs> nascent you know nascent nazi neo-nazi parties let's give them this fantasy yeah that they can take this, with them this definitely won't be co-opted in the worst possible yeah, way yeah let's 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 give them visuals of you know people of color being abused and allow them to turn it into gifs for 4chan yes exactly you know it's like <laughs> that's the kind of bigger picture you have to yeah, do now exactly, and it's just you exactly. have to do that and go this is going to the wrong people are going to take it and do the wrong thing with it Absolutely, it's, it's yeah. all very good if you do it in a controlled environment and you're like hey let's think about where would we be if this hadn't have happened yeah. where would what would be you know how would have civil rights come to pass if sure. they hadn't come to pass in the 60s yeah. how would they how long would it have taken interesting thought experiment too many douchebags on the internet. Totally, yeah, Just yeah, yeah. the way... The, the whole the whole argument... And, and, and I don't mean to take away from the morality. I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to suggest that, hey, people of colour should have just tolerated it. I really... I want to be very clear. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. But you get what I mean. Yeah, it's yeah, like absolutely. It's, it's There's too many bad people. There's too many Facebook memes. There's yes, too exactly. many... It, it's just it, it not the been, right It would have been terrible. No, it's the, it's the, and the exact it's, wrong it's time. it's possibly never going to I be I can the see time. how they thought it was the right time, like because obviously these issues exactly. are out there. Yes. And they're like, oh, this is a good way to, to discuss them. Yes. Except it's not a good way to discuss no, exactly. them. Exactly. It's the worst possible and, way to discuss and that's, them. And that's what I, when I sort of sat and thought, oh, that's an interesting idea for a show. <laughs> um, wow, that's pretty, like my reaction was like, that's really brave to do. Oh, really? Because like, my, my first thought was, this is a terrible idea. But, no, no, no. As in, but, but that's the reaction I had, which is like, wow, that's an interesting, like that's brave as in courageous, yeah, you know, like, like, like in, in the Sir Humphrey Appleby term like, of, that's yeah. very courageous minister. Um, like that's a, a weird left turn. Yeah. But, a, you know, okay. Uh, but I didn't have the immediate like, oh, that is fucked up because I'm not a person of color. No. And yeah. I, I think, you know, and that's absolutely legitimate for. Um, totally. Yeah. For people to have that reaction and go, you what now? You know, <laughs> what? Um, I mean, the, the whole thing just basically boils down to read the room, guys. Yes, and yes, yeah. They whereas, did. And my and now room, the show's not getting my made room anymore. was like, oh wow, that'd be really interesting to see how that goes. And then you see the hate, and they're like, yeah, that's just not going that's well. Not going well. That's that's you know, um, my reaction was like, really? And you know, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not a great advocate, I guess, in going, <laughs> because it's. It's always just like I, I, I'm. I'm trying to take. I'm trying in myself to like leave a moment of air between getting angry about things and. Oh yes, yeah. And because there's a lot in the world that makes me angry, totally. and there's a lot, and there's but there's just. 
some things that I don't want to feed into. Yes. I just want to ignore. No, like exactly, the example yeah. this week is there's a cartoonist in Australia. Ah, uh, yes. Called Michael Lunig. I shouldn't even say his name. Um, he used to be a very whimsical c- a cartoonist that everyone loved. And in recent years, he's just he's an old, old white he dude. Turned an old white He's just like, yeah. mothers should mother their children and that's it. And he... He did a cartoon this week about how our oh, mothers are obsessed with phones and they're lo- looking at their babies who are falling out of their prams. And everyone went nuts. And I get yeah. it. He's incredibly rude and insulting. And that's not what life is like for a mother. No. Um, but he's an irrelevant old dinosaur. Yes. And I hate that he then now gets to write opinion columns about, I was just holding up a mirror to our yeah. society. And then, and then he, he wrote, he wrote um, an opinion column about how he got doubling like, down dunked, on, about how yeah. he got dunked on online. Yeah. And, and he like, just doubled down on yeah. being a clueless git. And I'm it. like, I just don't want to feed into what I think are pointless wastes of like energy. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Social media was a mistake. <laughs> um, it was a, <laughs> but it's not, it's just, it's about making the choice about going, where you want to weigh in. Like yeah. I don't comment now. I just, I try not to do anything related to, um, Pauline Hanson. Oh no. He's yeah. Yeah. Terrible right wing racist politician in Australia. Yeah. Of the, I guess, Trumpian school. Um, I just, I just don't want to comment. I just totally, don't yeah. want to give her air. Yeah, absolutely. And so all you can do is sort of control, I guess, what you feed into and, I mean, if you were to protest about Trump every day and I feel despair that he is the leader of the free world, please <laughs> yes. don't doubt that. But it's like you have – there is so much to be ang- angry about. Exactly. Um, and and put, put Trump one aside. He's the person to get angry about. You know, there are idiots and – Be angry about – you know, be, being angry about Trump all the time is hard enough let alone being angry about some random Random cartoon. Yeah. And that's all I mean. I'm like, I don't want to ever stop anyone being, because that stuff hurts people. And I don't ever want to tell people your pain is invalid. No, totally. And there are are people who are engaged every day just by dint of of who they are. Yes. And that's something that they can't switch off. Yes. And, you know, it's, you know, it sounds really ridiculously woke, but like, (laughs) you know, that that's our privilege as like people who can just decide to not engage with that anymore. That's true. That's very true. But, but it's it's good because it's for your own mental health in many cases. Like if it's too much. But you it's can't also hold it's, that much Yeah, and it's picking the battles, I guess. Like yeah. I and I'm not being regularly abused on the internet and I, I get that, but um for me it's like someone like Lunig who is just irrelevant. Yes. He's just an old dinosaur <laughs> with He's an, a pol- he's a political cartoonist. An, like I mean like what antiquated views. Yeah. It's like they don't matter to you. You know they're not true. Yeah. You know that he's nobody thinks he's right, mm. apart from probably fellow other old white men who are like <laughs> all these young people in their phones. But you know it's not true. Don't give him the air. Yeah. You know exactly. I he's feel a, he's like in a sudden rush of relevance. This I feel week. like we could do more in just going blanket them out mm. like they did with Confederate. They just put the blanket over it, <laughs> starved of it, o- starved it of o- oxygen and it just went away. That's and it. It uh, wasn't a thing anymore. But this, yeah. So I, it's hard because but you do well, want I mean, to call people out but who need it. And this is the thing. Would Confederate have gone away if there hadn't been that massive online backlash to it? It's a really good point. And I, um, it is a really good point and brings up the larger question of how much does the online 
outrage machine influence big mm. things like that because just yeah. because there probably would have been a whole bunch of people out there who would have watched that show out of interest. Totally. You know, um, it just being yeah. the world being what it is <laughs> and not necessarily old or old white racists. There mm. probably would have been a whole bunch of different people who would go, <laughs> all right, what's this about then? You know? Um, yeah, Exactly. But speaking of uh, other shows, should we wrap up this podcast with a bit of a chat about Watchmen? Yes, let's do it. Or was anything Game of Thrones? I don't think so. I mean, I mean basically, the, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you, and I, I don't have a strong answer for this myself, <laughs> so I'm kind of just throwing it out there. Was there anything... It's been some time. It's been a hot minute since the, the show ended. It's been so long. And I, I've wanted <laughs> to go back and rewatch it, but it's still... It's it's weird. Like, I haven't mm. read any of my... I keep meaning to take my recaps and put them on my website and yeah. actually transfer everything across from Cheeseburger Gothic. And thanks to John Birmingham again for, for having me at his site. It's always been amazing. But I need to transfer them across to my website. I haven't done it. I just... It's like <laughs> it got put in a box. Like, I put the blanket on it. Totally, and, yeah. And, and, it and pushed it at one side yeah. because I've had so much other thing, so many other things to do and focus on. And it's like it was there and then it was over. Mm. And uh, maybe I haven't grieved it. Maybe I need to do that process uh, yeah, to kind of grieve that it's... Of- letting it go that it is over and even though i know it's over it's not like um i'm yeah it's it's over but it's uh maybe this podcast is the kind of keep it going conclusion (laughs) but hopefully we can still chat about things no totally yeah yeah, absolutely people want us to chat about things they do we're in hot demand on twitter absolutely but what i wanted to ask (laughs) you was was is there anything out of this last last season maybe the last two seasons where Thinking about it in hindsight, and I know you, you just sort of said you haven't thought about it a lot since you've yeah. sort of done it, but thinking about it in hindsight, is there anything, what, what's the big thing that you would change from the last season? Like, cause I know like we've been talking a lot about like there, there's things that happened. There's things that I've always you know, been bad at this stuff because I always just accept what is given that the way that I've done game of Thrones is I take what they give me and yeah. then I respond to it. Mm. So I've never been great at forecasting what might happen or thinking about what might happen. Cause I've always been wanting to see what they gave me. Yeah. But I think probably some timing issues. I thought that the, 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 you know, that fantastic battle beyond the wall, even though yes, it was conveniently timed, um, or the, the time jump or whatever mm. that started to happen at the at, at, in season seven. But it really gave uh, empathy to um, Viserion's death and his return as the sure. Ice Dragon yeah. and that kind of clash at the Battle of Winterfell being, uh, you know, there, there was a bit there of Danny. And then they killed Rhaegal just out of the blue. Just out of nowhere. Near Dragonstone. <laughs> and at the same time, I did have a shock like reaction of, oh my God, they just killed Rhaegal. You bastards. Um, <laughs> but I don't know how to resolve that because I feel like it was probably inevitable that he needed to die. But maybe he should have died at the Battle of Winterfell. Yeah. Um, maybe that, that should have been where he, he died. Like Viserion took him down and then someone stabbed or when when the night king fell viseria and crumbled yeah so she lost a dragon then and then that might have but maybe they needed to save that for the next episode to kind of ramp up the the tension yeah. the, the tension and and give euron literally anything give, to do yeah give yeah. him something to go haha i've had victory over you so i can see why they did it but i 
that's the thing that strikes me. And that's not a super important thing. I, I, I guess maybe some more discussion between Danny and John about what his legacy means, like his yeah, birthright. Absolutely. You know, I know on the one hand, I and I have argued that it's like it didn't matter to him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it mattered to her because he was then a rival, but he didn't want it. He never wanted it. That's it. But it would have been interesting to explore because Sam Tarley was like, you're the best person for the job. <laughs> Quite rightly. Um, so it should be you, mm. not her. Like you're, you're the one who doesn't want it, which means you're better. You're going to be better y- at it. You're going to wear it yeah. heavily and it's going to matter to you what you do. So it would have been interesting to flesh that out a bit more. But of mm. course, for narrative tension, they had him tell her that just before the Battle of Winterfell. So, yeah. you know, the stakes were high and they were kind of in a, in a, in a tense, they had a tension between them through, yeah. for the whole battle. Um, I mean, I would have got Jon Snow without his clothes on a bit more. Um, <laughs> there, was, there was a distinct lack of junk bound in this yeah, particular really was, series. really was. But by the same token, there was also uh, fewer... Um, fewer Positions of uh, a fewer um, scenes of sex position. Yes, I think uh, there was Bron at the start. One with yeah. Bron, which quite fittingly with with Bron, yeah. and I kind of made up for it because I think he was with like three prostitutes yeah. at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> maybe something with Bron, you know, because he kind of he well, that, had that, that moment thing, of telling yeah. Jamie and, and Tyrion to like, look, if you don't win, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> and then he turned up at the end as the master of master coin. of yeah, coin, yeah, yeah. Um, which was fun. Um, that felt that felt like the show was going to do like put itself in a dilemma that it normally finds itself in, where you have characters that you love who are all thrown up against each other, and then it just sort of resolved itself because they had to because they had to keep screaming towards the conclusion yes. that they needed to get to. Yes. Um. So a lot of the stuff with Braun, I definitely would have maybe fleshed out and and uh, litigated a bit more. Yeah. Um. And definitely the stuff about John's birthright, like like what it meant to mm. him what it meant to everyone else because like there's, there's did anybody big... else find out did, did Sansa find, find yeah, out exactly. did, like... did Arya find out um well, well they they definitely did but like did, did people did beyond that yes yeah Sansa and Arya both both knew how did they find out again John told Sansa oh no did John tell Sansa someone told Sansa oh and yeah then... and then she you've told Sansa and that's right because Danny was like oh you've told Sansa so no, you've told someone, so Sansa will know. He told Tyrion, maybe. I can't remember who, but but somehow some t- it did Sa- get out. Yeah, Sansa and Arya definitely. God, that's knew. bad that I can't remember. There, there was like a group of. I, I think we were mapping it out at one stage. This is the thing I can't remember yeah. now, but <laughs> we were mapping it out at one stage, and I think uh, Varys said, "Oh, eight people know," and so that's 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 just yes, knowledge now. That's right. Um, yeah. So Varys knew, brand new, brand new, obviously, but like Sansa and Arya both knew. Yeah. Um, Tyrion knew and so like it just became this this thing but then would that have gotten out further I'm sure in the book mm. when they eventually deal with it um, it'll be more of a thing because the books have always delved much more deeply yes. into how characters react to that and how that affects like the, the geopolitical yeah. situation yeah which the show and, had no time for yeah and the other thing was how you know John was kept as a prisoner Yes, um, yeah. by Grey Worm for killing Danny. Yeah, and they didn't have, they didn't really have any scenes together. Like, like, wouldn't that have been amazing to have a scene between him 
like between John and John Grey Worm. going, you know, I trusted you and I've been with her. She set me free. Yeah, she set me she's free. she's my and... liberator. Yeah. And you murdered her and she's been doing what she said all along and we're, but then he's a trained killer, you know, so yeah. his perspective is very warped And he by was his very on board with the let's kill all of Westeros idea. He was yeah. very happy with that. But then so. they all just left and went to... Yes, which is... Wherever... <laughs> which is bananas. Um, but, oh they my went god. to uh, uh, Missandei's Missandei. Yeah. Oh my god, how did I forget that? Nessos or uh, Nance or she's somewhere starting with N. I'm so bad. I've forgotten all. <laughs> We're going to lose all our credits. Game I know. Of Thrones, uh, I know. It's all, it's all lost. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, so they, they were there holding the city for some time, months potentially, yeah. while they got John on trial. And That's it. And so did, did and other... Decided because there, there, were, there were other armies out there who weren't sort of available to these people like were they riding to king's landing to make sure that because you know towards the end like dawn is there and mm. and you know surely dawn has something to say about king's landing being raised to the ground like i think they would have some opinions <laughs> you know except the show completely got yeah. rid of dawn it had no interest in dawn whatsoever um you know it plays into the books much more heavily yes um but the show just never really never really did it and by the time it went there it was irrelevant yes you know that they had their one character Season from there, dawn yeah. that who was interesting and he got immediately killed so you know they so they, they went there after he died didn't yes, they yeah yeah um, um Jamie because then, then his daughters sort of his bastard daughters all, all came up to yes the sand snakes what a what a show! Yeah, <laughs> like it's so and much this in there. The thing you can you can look back and go, oh yeah, there, there's been flawed sections of this yeah. show. This show has never been a perfect masterpiece. Absolutely, as Cer- much certainly as while I, we've been actively recapping it, <laughs> as much as I have, you know, loved it and, yeah. and enjoyed every part of it, you can still look back and go, oh yeah, that sequence wasn't yeah. the strongest. And... But I think it's fascinating for all those flaws. I think it's it's really wonderful to, yeah. to look at it and, and realize the flaws make... realize how good those first three seasons are they are really good mm. and Even then the fourth. fourth season very good very as well that, that was when uh like the the red viper came up and, mm. and like there was all that mm. intrigue season five onwards like it gets a bit patchy like there's there's good stuff and bad stuff and, mm. and narrative dead ends like all of the dawn stuff <laughs> but yeah. you know uh it it, but then it's all it, the it more got into the Bolton things. stuff, exactly. which yeah, was the... really hardcore and yeah. amazing and, and hate, you know, John being killed and then coming back to life and, yes. and having to get, <laughs> having well, John first having to get, you know, all the torment and the free folk on side yeah. and then having hard home. And <laughs> was that season four? Was that episode four? No, because four was Castle Black, wasn't it? The Battle of Castle Black? Wasn't that the uh, end of season, season four? four? So season was... five would have been hard home? Yes. God, I want to say yes. Um, I feel like it was. What was season six? Uh, the, big, the, the Battle of the battle. Bastards. Oh, of course. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Five times eight. Yeah. Yeah. Massacre at Hardhome. Season five. Yeah. Yeah, because he's standing in his little boat. <laughs> Is that the... <laughs> John Snow in a boat. Some people have pointed to that as the best like battle the the series did, e- even given like the big battles later. Do you think the heart battle at Hardhome is the best battle um, sequence in the in the show? I think because of its, it was a surprise battle. Yeah, you know the Battle of the Bastards was a pitched Absolutely. battle. Like there was a lot of build up to and, it as well. And you know I th- still think it had me on the edge of my seat. 
you know, I was, I was tense and I thought that John could potentially die. I didn't really think he would because Ramsey had to be defeated. I felt like that that was, that was still at the point where the show could make you believe that maybe they would kill John. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least there would be heavy losses and maybe they wouldn't win the castle back, but they'd have to regroup and sure. But it did, it did kind of feel like it, they were probably going to beat Ramsay. It's just a question of how. Yeah. And then it delighted me in how they did it. And when <laughs> yes. when they were all surrounded by, you know, the 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 Shiltrum or the the turtle or whatever. The, <laughs> yeah. They're surrounded by spears and they were pushing them into a circle and they were all in there and then the cavalry came through. It was like yeah. that was kind of like the battle that you want to see. The very heroic, like oh my god. And same with Danny coming in with the dragon beyond yeah. the wall. But hard home in terms of it being like, oh shit, something's going on. Oh no, here they are. Yeah. And then the peril it put people, and particularly because it created that character, I called her awesome chick or something. Yes, she was yeah, like yeah. a Danish actor, and yeah, she yeah. was just one of the wildlings, and she was fantastic. And she all was of a sudden, in I was like, episode. you were my new favorite. <laughs> and then she was She's zombified. Immediately killed. And I was like, damn it. Um, <laughs> but it made you care about these people totally. really, really early on yeah, and go, yeah, oh, you see what they're trying to do. They're not, they're, they're living freely. Why would they go with these mm. people who've historically persecuted them? John had yeah. to convince them. Torment had to convince them. Um, and then to have this battle and to have John in real danger mm. and then for him to kill a to white kill walker, walker yeah. with his sword and you realize oh my god yeah. he it's, the sword kills them yep. like that valyrian discovery steel kills this, them, yeah. this valyrian steel kills them it's that was that discovery moment sure. of, oh fuck you know oh <laughs> you know like when sam stabbed one with the yeah. dragon glass and was like Absolutely. he killed them oh my god and so you had that piece of learning yeah and the discovery so that makes it interesting but then of course you can't keep discovering at some point you have to take the information and the knowledge you have and actually use it and put it to use. And that's what sort of the battle of the bastards and, and, you know, was, um, again, there's the the whole magnificent seven beyond the wall was a crazy, crazy mission. Crazy. Made no sense. The the magnificent seven and their large army of cannon fodder. Yes. The the, the red shirts from Star Trek or whatever. (laughs) Um, but you know, it was like, did they have to get the how, as they say? But then Cersei probably wouldn't have believed them without proof. Yeah, but exactly. Was it was she ever going to believe but them? Then, even but then with she proof? was always going to betray she them. She was always so going to betray them. Didn't matter. Yeah. But it allowed spectacle and it allowed that you know fantastic shot and it of Danny coming of the in. To allowed be allowed one of the dragons to be captured, which was brilliant, and allowed for you know Danny to see the threat. Yes. So she saw the threat she and knows believed what she's it. Fighting. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously John got slightly injured and we got to see him shirtless. So all these <laughs> things Can I say I every year and I always forget, but every every year I try to take like a lesson out of the year and yeah. I immediately then forget what it was. So I couldn't tell you what last year's lesson was. Right. But this year's lesson, what I've been working with this year, what keeps coming back to me is solutions to problems create more problems <laughs> and and i don't i really don't mean that in a negative way it's like oh you get these two people and they've got this all going and that we've solved this issue mm-hmm. but oh then person x over here now is out of yes so uh, there's no perfect solution to anything and i no. think that's just sort of from me working in theater and working in the arts where you're like oh well if we get this person to go here and this person to go here that solves that issue oh but then we're lacking a person over here and so i think 
with Game of Thrones, there's so many things that I enjoyed yeah. that had I changed the things that led to them, no, I wouldn't absolutely. have got them. Yeah, no, absolutely. And maybe yeah. I would have got other things. I do get that. So it's, yeah, solutions to problems cause more problems. <laughs> and, and, and it's not meant to be a negative. It's meant to be a, this is life. Like life is a series of plugging holes and finding yeah. solutions until you need a new solution. Like if, if everything worked, we wouldn't need to upgrade our computers or our phones or, <laughs> you know, yes. you create a, a, you know, I, I create a solution to not having any storage on my phone for photos by buying a new phone with more storage. <laughs> but then I can't back it up to my computer because my computer doesn't have enough storage on the computer to deal with the phone with more storage. Like it's just, you know, it's like, Oh, I thought I solved the problem, but now I have, now a, new I have problem. a new problem. Yeah. I know that sounds probably incredibly trite and people are going, well, how old are no. you, Natalie, that you've learned this? But it's just the clarification <clears throat> of it. And so that's how I feel about Game of Thrones is they had the problem of needing time to create this amazing ending. Sure. But that time created the problem of building the hype. That's right, exactly. That could maybe never be lived up to. And also, really interestingly, uh, that was how the show did a lot of its plotting, was the fact that you know every solution creates another problem. You know, yes. like, like they're, they're, that was a big part yes. of the actual show itself. Of the politics, yeah. yeah. Of the politics of it, you know, like you, you please one person, but you piss someone, someone else off. Someone else off, yeah. You know, and, that, I mean, you know, I spent three years working in politics and that was just, <laughs> it's one of the reasons it gets so stressful because yes. you're like, but I, we're trying to do the right thing here. But someone is always, mm. is always cranky. Like there's someone out there with who it doesn't work for. I'm going to be very, very interested. It's been about... How long has it been since the show ended? Like, not not quite six months. June, July, August, September, October. Yeah, five. Four, five, five months. Yeah, yeah. It's months. been almost half a year. I'll be very interested to see how the show's legacy sort of continues as the as the years go on. Whether it's going to be fondly remembered, I'll certainly remember it fondly. I think. Yeah, I mean, um, I it's built not, not me... least of which because like you know you and I have have a strong yeah. connection to it. That's but... right. But also, it's given it's what it gives you. It's given me this whole fantastic, you know. And if you're listening and you're on my Facebook page, I have people who will like posts that I post about random shit or they'll say yes I'll come and see a show that you do or I'll read this thing and I'm like oh well I want to get back into recapping I want to do His Dark Materials which starts next week next week um, and and work out a way of doing that so it's not quite as onerous as Mm. the Game of Thrones once were because they were getting well past 5,000 words of recap (laughs) so I've got to you know sort that shit out Um, but then perhaps uh, there's a Dracula series that Stephen Moffat is doing, yes, which yes, is three episodes, which that. I thought would be really fun to kind of have at and go, because vampire <laughs> stuff is always weird. Always fun. And then there was another show. Oh, yes. Greg from the Smart Enough to Know Better podcast sent me a link today and I forgot to message him back, but The Witcher, which is Henry Cavill. Oh, yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill's new show. Yeah, it's that, like fantasies, really well, killing it's, it's demons a, or something. Well, it's uh, based on a video game series. Um, so you, that's how you know it's good. Um, I thought it was books. Uh, I think I think they were originally books, but it's definitely a video game. Oh right, a okay. very popular video game series. Right. Um, I think that I think it's based more on the video game than the books, if there are any. There's definitely no. There are definitely books because I'm sure I oh, looked yeah, yeah. it up at one point, and they, um, it was like a Polish writer. Who right. Did it. Okay. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah. well, maybe I have like cultural shared heritage. I don't. I like spirit. <laughs> I don't know any Polish. Yes. Uh, um, but. But he's definitely like like the, his look is based on the character from the video game, right? And all that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. So like with the white hair and everything. Yes. 
Yeah. But he runs around catching demons or something. He ca- runs around catching like evil things. But yeah. it looks like it could be a bit silly and fun. And I hope so. You know, yeah. a bit, a bit something like that that takes itself seriously would kind of not like be very fun at all. Buffy Vampire Slayer, but in oh, I don't, a medieval I setting. Is it that far gone? Or I don't know. I don't know fun? anything about it. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. We'll, find, <laughs> we'll out. find out. But it's yeah. It's um. There's hopefully a few things coming up that I can take a look at. And yeah, then totally. if the House of the Dragon one, I would obviously be totally down to recap that. be recapping and, and we would be definitely, we'd definitely podcasting. podcasting. <laughs> um, one I did think about, um, but I sort of said no to because I do want to do His Dark Materials, um, is Watchmen. Yes, yeah. I can bring it back to this because I've watched the first two episodes, which is all that's out as the time that we're recording this. And you have as well? I have, yes. And yeah. you're a big fan of the... I'm a, a, a... Like many people my age and older, um, I'm a massive fan of the original uh, graphic novel by Alan Moore and uh, Dave Givens. It, it's it's one of the graphic novels. Like, like for a long time, it was the one... Yes. ...that you would show people to be like, see, this Literature. this isn't just for kids. Yes. Like, you can, you can have, like, interesting themes and, and adult you know, storylines and still have superheroes be running around in them. And yes. Like, like the original uh, graphic novel is very, uh, very adult, very violent, um, but in a very, but in a very deliberate and intelligent way. Mm. And I feel like it inspired a lot of less intelligent imitators. Yes. To just be like, oh, okay. So superheroes need to be like, you know, punching and raping and doing, oh. like, doing other horrible things. Dark superheroes. Just all dark and gritty. Yeah. They, they took the dark and gritty without the smart, and just yes. made everything like dark and gritty and awful, and then you know, for characters which for which it didn't work. Um, but the graphic novel, like Watchmen itself, is a masterpiece. It's really, really good. Uh, it's this intricate, intricately plotted story uh, that has several twists that are incredible and that are very fairly set up in the book earlier on and then paid off on. It's this incredible clockwork of storytelling and artwork and and all sorts of things and this show seems to be taking up that legacy quite well i I think it's Mm. it's really picked up where the show left off so watchman was set in 1985 which was contemporaneous to the time this show is set 30 30 odd years later now uh and whereas like the original uh watchman was Dealing very much with what was in the zeitgeist at the time, which was, uh, you know, nuclear the, war, nuclear war and, the, yeah. the risk of nuclear war and the Cold War and, and all that sort of stuff. So real world concerns translated to this alternate mm. superhero universe. So in Watchmen, like the big concerns of the time of, you know, white supremacy and racial tension and all mm. that sort of thing. And they've, they've used that as their big backdrop to their story mm. and it's it's really really clever a really really clever use and it's, of that at the moment for someone who knows uh the i saw the movie of Watchmen. right I'm sorry. yes yes um, no 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 it's, yeah. i actually have the book in my house because uh it is some it belongs to someone else i think but um i should read it but i'm familiar enough with the story yeah. and with the concept to go oh i'll give this a look because when i found out it was it's it's essentially fan fiction. It's the guy who's running the show is yes. a huge fan. He's actually he's, a massive fan of Watchmen. He's yeah. taken... It's Damon Lindelof who wrote uh, Lost and wrote, oh, okay. and wrote The Leftovers as well, um, uh, which apparently is much better than neither Lost. Neither of which I've seen. Yes. <laughs> but I think I've heard good things about The Leftovers. But yeah. Lost was... Having said that, Lost was like a huge show of its time. Lost was massive. It yeah. was a massive hit, yeah. In terms of that whole growing mystery. Yes, and, you exactly. know, And then it was... Turned out it was just... 
per, per, what is it? Perjury, not perjury. Purgatory. Purgatory. But but except not. I, I think <laughs> that yeah, it was perjury. They, they perjured like, I themselves. I remember telling my brother. Uh, my brother telling me in series one. Yeah, apparently they're just all in purgatory. And I was like, oh, is that what it is? And it's like nine series later. <laughs> I was like, how did my brother know that? And apparently, apparently, if you actually watch the show, like it's far more complicated than that, and, right. and various things. But yeah, I never, yeah. I never watched it. Either. But. Um, as someone who doesn't know it super well, I'm watching it with this very much air of, oh, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. There's yes, lots of stuff yeah, that they're hinting so. at, but Absolutely. I haven't, I don't have all the information, but I don't <clears> think I'm supposed to have all the information. What is interesting is that play of racial tension. Yes. And it's hard for me to know where I'm being directed to, if mm, that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Because I don't know. Uh, so I guess we should probably say spoiler if you have not seen yes, the yeah, first yeah. two episodes of Watchmen. Uh, that is on, is it? Uh, Foxtel it's in on Australia. Foxtel it's in Australia, on, a, so on HBO. It, it in, is HBO, in, yeah. In America, yeah. So um, there's, uh, it's set in Tulsa, which I thought was really Tulsa, interesting Oklahoma, too. Yeah. It's like set in Oklahoma. It's like, that's not what I think about when I think, because Watchmen was kind of set in New York City. It was mostly and, set in New York City, yeah, and, and, and other places. But yeah. um, of course, in the world of Watchmen, a terrible cataclysm befell New York City. That's so we right, don't actually yeah. know what, what happened, What's how, there? how that's recovered. It's, it's like since a then. squid or something hit. Well, and so I wanted to talk to you about this. So you saw the movie. Yes. Right? And it, Do you but remember I forgot the, end the, end of the movie? No, I forgot it. Right. I, know, I know that it's the bad guy who. You know that it's, it's, it's Vic. Ozzy Mandy. Yeah. yeah. And, he's, uh, and it turns out he. He's, and, he's it, doing it to the, create world peace. Or in, the, in the book, that's a huge twist. Um, like, it's genuinely a huge twist. You don't see it coming, or at least I didn't when I read the book for the oh, first time. Right. In the movie, they could not have telegraphed that punch more. Like they could, they 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 made him a sinister figure from the very beginning. Do you oh, do you agree? Okay. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, like I in, mean, I guess in so. the book, in the book, his heel turn, like like his his the, the him turning out to be the mastermind behind everything, like was a was a shock, mm. right? Because he was like the, the the Superman figure almost, like yeah. he was like the the golden Captain America, like you know the best of us. And it turns out he's the one who's been behind it all. That was a huge twist. Yeah. In the movie, I feel like he's like a sunken-eyed... You know, he wears black. Like, he's he's a supervillain. Yeah. If you look at him and it's like, Jesus, man, really? Well, it was like, like he was a businessman. He was like the rich guy. And and he was in the book too, but but he was set up as like like this, you know, paragon superhero who also like, you know, became a business mogul. Right. You know, who sort of uh, went public... And then leveraged his superheroics into this business empire and all that sort of thing. Okay. You know, it just it, it it was a lot more shocking in the book than in the movie. I feel. Mm. I feel like a lot Probably, of people, and yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, no. So he he in the movie framed Doctor Manhattan yes, by setting off right. like a bunch of bombs in different cities using his energy signature, right? In the in the comic book, he creates a giant cloned alien squid like psychic squid that he drops on New York and the idea the idea was that it looked to the world as if this alien thing had like entered from another dimension and was like invading earth and that that event would put an end to the cold war because humans would put down their weapons and fight this alien menace. Mm. That was his plan. And for the most part, it worked. Right? The, the Cold War ended straight away. Because they were like, 
hey, so turns out there's interdimensional alien squids who want to kill us. We should all stop fighting and focus on that first. Mm. Um, so in that respect, like everything worked. Um, and the show, like Watchmen, the, the show, the HBO show, follows on from that event, not the movie, mm. which I thought was like fantastic. I was like... Mm. Because you and, see in the first episode, there's in, like a squid there's like shower. a rain of squids, yeah, a squid shower. And she, and 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 the woman who's driving Angela, <laughs> the main character, is kind of stops and like rolls her eyes, like this is a regular, yeah, yeah like it just semi regular occurrence. You have to stop got, driving yeah. while the squids fall and and then and get then your squeegee out yeah. and get them off the car. <laughs> and then there's the odd like pan to a newspaper going squid fall yes. question or something like that. Yeah, or, absolutely. Where are the squid coming from? Like, there's a few little. Newspapers. I noticed that they've. It's that whole thing with how mobile phones kind of ruin a lot of storytelling because you just. Yes. You know. But this this show completely gets around it because it's set in this alternate, alternate version world of now where, where everyone still has pages. Well, that's right, exactly. Because in the and everyone's the, reading newspapers, like physical newspapers. In, in and the, I'm in like, the comic, yeah, exactly. In the are comic, you crazy? In the comic, um, Veet had convinced everyone that. Uh, the radiation that Dr. Manhattan emits gives people cancer. It doesn't, but he had convinced, he like convinced everyone of that. And because Dr. Manhattan used uh, so much of like his energy signature in all of the devices that he made, like for example, they all have electric cars. I don't know if that's sort of, if that comes across on screen, but I didn't notice they're that. all, they're all electric cars because Dr. Manhattan came up with like really efficient batteries that could run electric cars and you don't need petroleum anymore. I did not notice right? that. Yeah, so so these are these weird ripple effects that happen. But because everyone thinks that Dr. Manhattan's tech gives you cancer, people had stopped. People came, became very technophobic oh. after that. And so the internet isn't really a thing. People don't have mobile phones. They still they still write on typewriters for the most part. Do they? I haven't noticed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's lots of like typewriters or that like, you know... Um, Electric typewriters and things like that, but not but not computers. Very very specifically, not computers. They still have physical magazines and, and newspapers. I haven't um, noticed the typewriter though. I have to look at that. Yeah time. yeah yeah. There's lots of there's lots of type. If you look at um, like the police office, like like the the scenes with the old man, uh, he's using a typewriter. But but there's there's lots of other people who are just they just got typewriters or electric typewriters. Yeah. People, there's no computers around. There's no phones. People have pages. Pages. And that's what I noticed. Yeah. Was people paging and then ringing on yeah. the landline. And, it, and, and like, it's 2019. And it's 2019. Yeah. It's 2019. It's not a throwback. Yeah. Like, this is an but it universe. solves the issue of having. It does. Yeah. In yeah, many it, ways. It's convenient. You know. <laughs> oh, we can justify it, and it helps. Yeah. With um. Yeah, it helps with plot. You know? And it's also like it's fascinating because it's a world where Robert Redford has been president for the last twenty years. Like twenty years. Yeah, like, but because in the comic, um. Richard Nixon had been president for like 30 years since, since oh, Vietnam, basically. So he was some, never impeached. Yeah. Uh, it, it's heavily implied that the comedian uh, killed Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> um, oh, right. Yeah. Like had assassinated them before the story could get out. Ah. And so, you know, uh, Richard Nixon remained president for life, basically. Yeah. Uh, until he was beaten by Robert. At, at the very end of the of the not, of the comic book, that they... they, they make a funny suggestion that maybe Robert Redford will run for president. Oh, so that's and from that. Cause I was yeah, wondering yeah, yeah. like why Robert Redford, but I guess, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, and it's also that thing like, you know, 
uh, Ronald Reagan was an actor. An actor, you know, yeah. And obviously he was like very, he was very right wing, and yeah. so it was this weird alternate universe where a left wing actor, yes, yes, you know, had become. But and interestingly, like it's not a paradise. Like, like and there's there's many ways in which. You know, well, what I find really interesting is the way that they've done these red fedations yes, instead yeah. of reparations. So, because I, I was looking and I was, and this shows my own prejudice. I'm like, all the people of color in this show have like huge houses, <laughs> and 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 the white people are living in a slum. And yeah. then I went, oh, that's because they like, all got like massive checks they, from the government. They they, yeah. they got reparations, which because, is absolutely because of this event that happened in 1921 that. I'm sorry to say I wasn't aware actually happened. Yeah. Well, but, I went and did some research on yeah. it and it did happen, but it was very hushed yeah, up. Absolutely. So it's not something that's talked about. And it's really amazing that the show has brought it back into. It's incredible. And suddenly everyone is, it's out but, there. And, but one of the reasons why it was a big riot is because the place, uh, Greenwood, I think it was called a Green mm. Hill was like a very affluent yes. black it, it, was, it was it was the most successful black community in America. Yeah. It was called Black Wall Street. Yes. Um. So and that's why there was a riot because you had all these you know white people going you know damn it. That's like, it. Yeah. And the 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 catalyst for it was apparently a an African American man had like raped a white woman and was was which being probably held. never happened. Might have happened. Might not have yeah. happened. But the point is. That was the the spark, and all of these resentments yeah, sort of came, came to the fore. And like there was there was vision of like planes strafing yeah. the thing, and that also happened. That's yeah. not a private p- farmers got in their planes. They got and in their crop dusters yeah. and like dropped homemade machine, bombs yeah. and Crazy. guns and stuff. It is bananas. How was, how but was there's that actually there, there's a, there's apparently that's like the first and maybe only time that America has been bombed. Really? Yeah, like like, like has has suffered an aerial oh bombardment goodness. because for the, you know they they don't no one ever gets close enough to bomb. Yeah, them. I mean there was Pearl Harbor. Yes, but, yes. But you know uh, that that was mainland the first time US or yeah, mainland US yeah. or something, and certainly the first time that the US had ever been had ever suffered an aerial bombardment, and it was oh white people trying to wipe out a black community. Crazy, um, which is insane. It's completely nuts. Yeah, and, and it was so, in this so universe, well yeah. done. Like oh, they yeah. they they did that. I was like what the hell's going on and looked it up and go, Oh my God, this is real. This was real. This isn't some alternate universe. And, uh, and then I was like, how is that boy? Cause he's obviously special. Mm. And then he turns up later. I'm like, how are you 105? Yeah. Well, th- that's right. I can't wait to find out. So it's like, he's out. special it's in some way. He's yeah. got he magic. Says, he in says him he can or... lift 200 pounds and it's like, he's a frail old man. Yeah. But then they, they have like watch over this boy. Like that's the, yeah. the note that his father leaves with him is watch over this boy. And there's so the... there's, there's the suggestion that maybe he's Hooded Justice. I don't know what that is. Maybe so. So um. So Hooded Justice is in uh, American Hero Story. Um. There's that. Which hero. is like the in-world sort yes. of Marvel universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Or something. Well, well, yeah, exactly. Like, like it's it's a show that's being made about mm. the original Minutemen, who were the the original superheroes back in the '30s, who yeah. in this universe actually existed. Um. They, they, you know, uh, and there was like night, the original Night Owl, the original Silk Spectre, and there was, um, there was Hooded Justice who had that costume that that's basically straight out of the, out of the comic. Um, and it's sort of, and, and in the comic, he, they, they found a Russian circus strongman dead floating in the harbor soon after Hooded Justice disappeared and never came back. So they've always assumed that he died. 
Because that was referenced in a flashback, wasn't? Yes, in, in that the, in that in that show. In the show, yes. yeah, in the show. But, but that, but that would I'm be confused, but that would yeah. be public knowledge in the in the in the world. Of in the world, Watchmen. yeah. But no one knows who he was, you know. So there's the suggestion oh. that maybe the old guy is Hooded Justice, right? Especially because if you look at his at his clothes, he has the same color scheme as as Hooded Justice. Oh, see, I don't know it that well to see those <laughs> spider. This is this is all. Yeah, I get. I, I, get I thought deep I was. Down it, I thought I was deep down the clever seeing hole. the newspapers and stuff and going. Yes, no, 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 you are. I mean, this is the thing, but um, but like knowing stuff from the comics and and the way stuff plays out is I don't know whether it's helping me or hindering me because I know that Damon Lindelof knows that I know. Yes. And, and he's, he's using that against me. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. You know, so, you know, I can't, like, I'm, I'm so excited by it. I, I was I was interested by it when, when the lead up was happening to it. And in the first episode, I was like, oh, that's, that's really good. I really liked that. I enjoyed it. I liked all the characters. It's an interesting way to move the world forward 30 years and what's happened in the intervening period. It's a really interesting update of the idea. And then as soon as the second, I like at the end of the second episode finished, I was like, I think I love this show. I think this is great. <laughs> that's good. I, I really, really well, like it. And that's, the th- it's interesting because the, um, Don Johnson, who yes, I like took yeah. a while to work out that was Don Johnson yeah. and he's, <laughs> really. And I think this is why I'm intrigued by it. Cause I don't know whether I, what to think about in terms of race relations because obviously the big threat is uh the cavalry the, the seven um, cavalry who are all wearing who are all rorschach, rorschach masks, masks. Yes. so rorschach died yes but his legacy is kind of living on yeah. with these dudes wearing rorschach yeah. masks um and they uh and they're killing they previously they, they very specifically are white supremacists white supremacists yeah. um so um, so Don Johnson is a white man, yeah. but he's got black people working for him. He loves the main character, who's a black woman. Sure. And then he... Or does he? Well, <laughs> this is the thing. Because then he's discovered in the second episode that there's a Ku Klux Klan... Outfit. Sheet. Yeah, bed yeah, sheet. Absolutely. With a, with a badge on, on it, which a is mannequin yeah. in a secret cupboard in his wardrobe. And... What's that about? Yeah. Like, is has he been hiding, or has he, or is it been like, is it just a and, relic, and yet, like a family relic? That's like right, you exactly. Might, yeah. Like is, you is might go, this this was my grandfather. I keep this to remind me of. I mean, I'm probably trying to make excuses, but it's no, like sure. it's probably just a racist. But it's like, is he part of the cavalry? And, and she, or? she doesn't quite believe. And of course, she thinks it might have been planted. Yeah, like, and of course, she's upset by him being killed, supposedly by this old guy. Yeah. The, Supposed possible hooded justice, hundred and five year old guy. Yeah, uh, and he's so it's it's interplaying with race in a way that not being American, I guess I don't have the immediate. Um, no, sure, but I, I think I think we have a lot of context for it. Like, like we certainly like understand. Yes, yes, of course, without, but without sort of living that I, experience, that's but, right. But I don't know whether I'm being led in a certain direction or whether yes. I'm making assumptions. But there's there's the added wrinkle that I, which I love about the show, and it, it adds this moral ambiguity that that was very much present in the original graphic novel, of the fact that the police are the superheroes now. Like, like they're not vigilantes anymore. Like the police are the ones wearing masks because they have to to protect their identities. Yeah, that's now the conceit, and you know, but they you, take you them have, off at times. Not in public. 
never in public. Oh, right. it, their identities are secret. They have secret identities. That's the point. Oh. Like they they exist as police. They are superheroes, right? But those superheroes are brutal and violent and literally beat the blood and urine out of a man to get information yeah. about things. You know, like gross abuses of power. Yeah. You know, they're not sympathetic figures. You know, they're, they're not painted as heroic. They're painted as almost, almost yeah. fascist. Yeah, so, so it's like they're trying to track down these white supremacists yeah. who are killing cops. That's right. But actually, is that a protest but movement? The, well, well, and, and I, I, don't think, I don't think the show's saying like the white supremacists are bad, but it's no, also it's, doing something very interesting in, with the, res, the police response to that, yeah. where all the police are now in masks, like they're faceless. Yes. And some of them are in, you know, have a do- are in costume. Yeah. You know, and... Like, are the superheroes police? Like, what? How yeah. does that all? Play? How does that? Are we okay with that? How does that intersect? Like, there's some really, really interesting. That, and that's that's. I think it's there. that ambiguity where I'm yeah. like, what am I supposed to? Yeah. Well, what am I? Who believe? am I supposed to? Like, we're very obviously supposed to like be uh, on board with Angela with Sister Knight. Yes. Which is her superhero name. Yes. Um. Uh, you know, as the main character, and therefore our our entry point and our sympathetic yes. hero. But and she... also because she has adopted the children, which you yes. realise in the second episode, yeah. she has adopted the children of her former partner, mm. who was killed on that white night. So she got yeah. injured. There was a mass attack on cops in Tulsa again. Totally, yeah. Um, mass attack on cops. She was badly wounded, but her partner and his wife were killed. So she adopted their children. Mm. Um, so you're like, oh, wow, she's a good woman and caring and all yeah. that sort of thing. So she is our hero. Yeah. Except she also but like... she brutalizes... Brutalizes yeah. a person to get information out of them. Yeah. And you I know, just... I, I thought it was really interesting the... When I realized that the... Like the Red Fidations and why people were like angry because there's like kids going, oh, is it because of Red Fidations? Like I didn't understand what they meant. And then yeah. eventually sort of as explained, I went... Oh, this is like a whole bunch of white people really pissed off that they're now living in slums and yeah. black people have expensive houses. And I was yeah. like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm like, and again, it's like, oh, have I been, <clears throat> have I been prejudging? Like, you, you know what I mean? I was like, am I being really judgmental that I went, oh, all the black people have, it was just something I noticed. So I was sure. like, yeah, yeah. oh, like in this town there's a lot of rich black people or they're mm. showing me a lot of rich black, black people. Yeah. And then I realized on oh, Nixonville and they went in to raid it and took, and I went, Oh shit, this is what the police used to do to black slums in the South after the yes, war, like absolutely. raiding shanty yeah. towns and stuff like yeah. illegal <laughs> clearing out and murdering people. And it's like, totally. Oh, and they're doing it to white people, but is that okay? Because they're what? like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it was oh, no, like, absolutely. I was sitting there going, Oh fuck, I don't know what I'm doing now. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> am I racist in my natural biases? Like, that's you it. You know? And, and, but what I, what I love is that that's not the focus of the show, if that makes sense. No, like, it's just... It's something that the show has there as its backdrop to this very intricate plot that's yes, playing out. Yes, that's building up that she is the granddaughter of, yeah, this, of this guy. Of this guy. And then and he gets taken in an alien spaceship or something <laughs> at the end of the second episode. Which, which I mean, you know... That leaves her this hundred and five-year-old document or nine-year-old document that says watch over this boy that would have disintegrated by then if you hadn't had it laminated (laughs) come on but it's um no it's fascinating it's absolutely fascinating i was so impressed by the first two episodes 
and I'm and I'm really interested to uh, see where it goes from here because it's just amazing. But the the thing that I, I think uh, we, we talked a little bit off mic, uh, talking about um, the extra materials. Oh yes, that you really need. You really need to to read them. So there's this uh, thing called Pedipedia, right? So Pedipedia. Petey. Petey. Yeah, so it's named for Agent Dale Petey, who is a character that we haven't met yet on the on the show itself. Oh, okay. But he's an FBI agent, and he's putting together this dossier on, you know, superheroics and everything that's going on. And it mirrors the comic, again, because what the comic would do was that the original Watchmen series had uh, the graphic novel component of, a, of every episode. So there were 12 episodes, and or 12 issues and every issue had a like graphic novel component and then at the end it had like extra stuff so in one case it was like a dossier on uh like Rorschach like there was a police dossier on what he'd been up to recently in another case there was an excerpt like a text excerpt from uh the in-universe autobiography of one of the original Minutemen okay and all of that stuff like fleshed out the world and gave you like tiny little nuggets of information that would become relevant later. None of it was essential to the plot, but it all sort of filled things in and filled in the gaps and, and told you things that probably could not have been done organically through the story, but it gave you information that helped you understand what the world was, right. how it had all happened, like all of that stuff. Mm. You know, and so it, it was just this extra stuff that... You'll have to send me a link. Yeah, yeah. And so <laughs> and so this is the thing. So the show's doing the same thing ah. where you have the show and then after every episode, and there's, there's two batches of, of documents, after every episode, they then, I think a day later, they release the next oh, like, batch of documents. Yeah. And there's only like two, three or four like little little documents that mm. are in there. Um and one of them is like a newspaper clipping. And yeah. I think everyone says there's been two so far. Uh, both times there's been a memo from Dale Petey talking about stuff that's been going on right. and what he thinks is happening and what should what should occur. Yeah. Apparently we're going to meet him at some point. Like right. there's, I don't know whether he'll be a major character, but he might be, he'll probably be some minor yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. You know, um, and, and so it just fills in the world. And so, so they, they definitely fill in what happened between the end of Watchmen and the start of the show. Right. What's been happening to Adrian Veidt. Uh, I just did want to mention him yeah, briefly before what we... Happened to, what happened to Rorschach. How Rorschach's journal was accepted. Like, yeah. Because they, it was very ambiguous at the end of the graphic novel what would actually happen to his... when that became public. And it turns out the Because in the movie it was a bit clearer. It's like it ends up in a, in the in a mo- newspaper in the movie, office. And... Yeah, you know, it, it still does. It, it still does at the end of the... Um, at the end of the graphic novel, but the graphic novel deliberately sort of leaves it very open-ended as to what would have happened. And the movie does a little bit too, but you know, yes, that made it to a newspaper office and the newspaper office published it. But what happened after that? Right. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know what the effect of it was. The, mo- the the show is sort of saying, Oh, people thought it was a hoax. They didn't believe it was actually Rorschach's journal. And there was all sorts of things, but the cavalry. Cons- conspiracy theorists yeah. really latched onto it. And that's how you get, people like the 7th Cavalry who sort of co-opt the Rorschach because Rorschach himself while a violent sociopath was not a white supremacist 
Yeah. You know, but he was definitely like a random Because he got killed because he was like, I have to go tell the truth. He, he was no compromise. Like, like that, was, Every... that was his big thing. Like, if he knew the truth, he had to go and tell people the truth. And so Dr. Manhattan hadn't kill him. Otherwise, it was all for nothing. Yeah. And Dr. Manhattan is on Mars in this. Yes. Because you yes. saw like a brief glimpse of him making yeah. a sandcastle <laughs> or something. Well, making a castle that looks very similar to the one that the old man is in. Yeah. That Jeremy and that's, Irons is in. That's... Ozymandias. That's Ozymandias. I mean, he's never called that. And apparently in the script, he's called the blonde man. Oh, right. But I mean, the the current, the wisdom is that's Ozymandias. Yeah. I think I read somewhere that it got confirmed. Like he'd just been said he's a a country gentleman or something. Jeremy Irons will be playing a country gentleman, but then like not long before the show started, they were like, yeah, he's Ozymandias. Ozymandias. There's also the fan theory that maybe he's Dr. Manhattan. Oh, okay. Um, because previously, like, Dr. Manhattan hasn't been able to take, like, human-looking forms. He's always been, like, a blue guy. Um, yeah, and he totally make, nude blue guy. Totally nude blue guy. He can he can create lots of copies of himself to, like, go and do things, but he, can, he can't, like, look human. And there's the thought, because at the very end of the graphic novel, he sort of says, I've become interested in humanity. I've become interested in life again. I think I might go try to create some of my own. Oh, right, okay. and so there's there's some question like because this blonde man is has lots of clones around him. Yeah, what's going on there? But then Ozymandias was really into cloning. Oh, was he in the book? Like like he was he was investing heavily in cloning technology and stuff like that because cloning was part of the technology that helped him build this giant squid. Right. So there's all these like, could it be this? Could it be this? Are they doing like a but double it's, bluff? Whatever or... they're doing, it's mad oh, and I love it. It's insane. It's completely it's, nuts. It's so off the charts insane. I'm like, is he having a birthday cake every day? Is that yeah, like, like, is that his whole thing that he come, comes home from a ride and has a birthday cake and has a bite and goes, yeah. right, put it away. And, and he seems, really, he seems really, really pleased that like he, he eats an app, he eats a, a, yeah, he picks an a, apple off a tree. To, no, a tomato. It's a tomato off, off a, a tree. tree. Yeah. Which, thought, which is very Ozymandias as well, because he was into like gene splicing and right. Because I remember going, I don't think tomatoes grow on trees. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. But then it moved on, and he, I was so obsessed with the clones, I forgot about the yeah. tomato. But and then yeah. he bites it and he like squeezes it and like yeah, drops it on the ground. It, yeah. And but there's there's been it, it, people who support the um, Doctor Manhattan theory say, what if it's all happening on Mars? Like what oh, if this what if this is a little a little world that he's created. On, on another Mar- planet. Yeah. You know, and the, the vision that we saw was like an early attempt of him just sort of being like, oh, what happens if I do this? Yeah. You know, like, like it just, yeah, it's very weird. Very or the weird. time it takes for an image to be beamed back from Mars. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Or something like that. I think it takes a while, but it doesn't take that long. But oh, okay. Oh, it takes a while. It does take a while. I was trying to be clever. But yeah, so he's got these uh, assistants and then he makes them do a play about how Dr. Manhattan became... Became Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan, and, Dr. Manhattan and he Manhattan's roasts a clone. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got the pipe, and he's, like, pu- pushing the fire into it, and this guy's yes. burning and roasting, <laughs> and then they pull him out and, like, just dump him on the floor. They're like... Yeah. I want to say they're like children, but they're not even like children. They're, they're like, robots. They're like know? robots, they're, yeah, they're yeah. Like, oh, but they're, but they're definitely organic, right? because yeah. we've seen them Of course, they, they die. Yeah. But they're like, am I doing the right thing? And he goes, uh, you're now this guy. I was like, oh, that... That's my honest. Like they're playing that dumb kind of wide-eyed yeah. organic robot really well. Yeah. And um but he was sitting there enjoying it was the way Jeremy Irons was just sitting there enjoying this play, like, <laughs> yes, yes. Of you know, and then you must cry real tears. And she's like sobbing, going, Oh, John, and he's like burning. 
<laughs> it's batch and then just descends from the ceiling totally nude totally covered nude, in blue paint yeah. and I'm like I'm down with whatever is happening here <laughs> I don't know what's happening but it's and that's what made me think oh, I should should have recapped it because it's so batshit crazy yeah, yeah it's yeah, a yeah. kind of fun show to recap going I don't know what's going on I, I was definitely on the fence going in about how good it would actually be because like you know they're, they're, I have mixed views on the Zack Snyder Watchmen film yeah I think, yeah. I think visually it, it captures a lot of what the of what the graphic novel was but I think thematically and just just in a lot of really small but important ways it really kind of missed the point I think Zack Snyder is one of the one of the there's a lot of people who really love Watchmen but I don't and it sounds really dismissive but I don't think they understand Watchmen I don't think they got it okay I don't necessarily know that they got the point of it Mm. (laughs) like they they really, they, they're just the people who really enjoy it on the surface level. Isn't it fun when superheroes like snap people's arms and, right. and, and cuss a lot, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's not really about that. Like, like it is and it isn't, mm. you know, it, it, it's, it's about that, but it's about, it, it's putting superheroes in those situations and then taking the next step and saying, yes, and what would that mean? And not sort of wallowing in the fact that superheroes are being all gritty and violent. Yeah. You know, like, which is, I think is a yeah, lot. What are the ramifications? Yeah. What are the ramifications? Of- what, what would it be like if you had, you know, people who are really, really good at like kicking your ass and, and who thought that they were the law. And yet they're in this US where there's gun control. Like they have to ask for permission exactly, yeah, to, yeah, but, to get yeah. their gun. And then at well, that, one that, point, that wasn't, that wasn't says, in the original graphic novel, but, but, that, that's something no, that's, that's coming something that's because, come of, in because, because of, of Robert Redford. Redford. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, so that's really interesting. So it's a yeah. world in which the police are really violent and brutal. Absolutely. But, but they, they also, are restricted from using yeah. their guns Like they have to ask away. permission yeah. to draw a gun. And then it's like, like the gun is like bright yellow. Yes, and like a safety thing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought that was really, really yeah. interesting. It's fantastic. Like, like it's just, just little ripples like that. There's really smart and really interesting mm. and... They don't necessarily tie in, but they just flesh out a world that yeah. they've built. And, and that's why I'm, I'm sort of on uncertain ground because yeah. I don't know, well, hang on, if this is a really brutal and violent cop force, but under a president who's very left-leaning and, mm. you know, yeah, it's, exactly, it's, yeah. it's like, oh, my brain is hurting because yeah. it's just, oh, it's these different... Yeah, I thought that's what's clever and that's what's intriguing me about it is how it's the... Um, the, the politics is not necessarily determinant of, oh, this is a good, happy way to go. This is a bad, nasty way to totally, go. It's yeah. like, oh, wh- how, where's the intersection of those, absolutely you know, the solutions to problems create more problems. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's it's, do yeah. the right thing. Let's give black people reparations for slavery. That is a yeah. good thing to do. Turns out that's going to create a lot of what resentment the, amongst... What is the yeah, on-flow effects of, of that? And not to say that it's not a decent thing to do. No, it's just no. a... But there would be repercussions. There would be of repercussions. That. People yeah. would resent that. That's just human nature. So, um, and, and let's explore that. Let's explore it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and in a way, maybe that's kind of the more interesting thing that something like Confederate. Well, exactly. Is, yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. it's exploring that territory without kind of reducing everyone mm. to oh yes, you're still slaves. It's like oh actually, what would you know? It's a thought experiment in a different way. Yeah. So and in a way that's uh, a lot more palatable, I guess. Um, than sort of outright. Yeah. It's like, oh, what happens if... um, Yeah, so... Anyway, I'm 
I'm really intrigued by it. So am I. As, yeah, a, as I... a show. Um, <laughs> and considering I've actually now watched the two episodes and you know me, I just fail at watching anything. That, yes. Um, <laughs> the fact that I've gone, yeah, I'm going to watch this it's, again. It's remarkable like, you watch Game of Thrones for as long as you do. <laughs> well, you have to have something. Um, but uh, I'm super looking forward to His Dark Materials next week. Yes. Uh, so hopefully I will have a recap up on that at some point. I don't, mm. I have yet to kind of sit down and work out times, but if I can do it as soon as I can, I would hopefully get people on board. Cause, and I hope you watch it too. If you have time, oh, I'm going, I'm going to try. It yeah, is, yeah. It's just a phenomenal series of books. I've never read the books. This is and the you thing. haven't read them and they're so up your alley. This yeah. is why I know. I, I, I just never got around to Philip so Pullman. It's so peak stew. Yeah. Like it's really mature adult, young adult. I fiction. think he hit, Actually, no, that's not true. I was going to say he hit around the time that I was like not reading a lot of that stuff anymore, but that's not true. He was definitely around when I was reading a lot of fantasy. And I think just, um, but it isn't just for some reason, like you know, just one of those blind spots that you sort of pass you by. Fantasy is much. It's not high fantasy. It's like that alternative. No, although it does have like a. It's got like yeah, a giant but talking the, polar the, but bear the in second, it, like... but the second book is set in our world. No, sure. Yeah, so yeah, the yeah. first book is set in an alternative version of Earth now, but right, the second okay. book is set in our world now. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. So, and then the third is kind of between a number of worlds. No, that's really cool. So yeah, 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 I like that. it's not pure fantasy in a different realm. It's that multiverse kind of Yeah, exactly, thing. yeah, which I quite like. Like, I'm, I'm down for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm into so I'll be interested to see. And the thing is, I have read the books, but it's been a long time, and I deliberately haven't reread them or the new ones because right. he's written new ones because I kind of want to take the series and go, oh, I remember that, or I, what do I remember, what don't I remember, yeah. and then I can cross-check probably after the fact and go oh that's right wasn't that you know and just see how that goes with with recapping but yeah. anyway we should wrap things up Stu because you probably need to go to bed I, I, I mean I do too yes but, <laughs> you know you'll probably well, be also, up um, earlier also this is a marathon length uh, podcast yeah maybe I, I should split it really, in half really good. I probably won't though I'll probably just throw it up and <laughs> well, people have the stop button they can pause sure. and come back to come it. back to us Stop, come back, it's um, all good. So yeah, I guess we'll leave on an ambiguous note of we'd like to do we more will. podcasts. We'll we, just, we will be doing more podcasts We will in the see how we go it just depends on what we're actually with doing. Stu and his timetables yes. and all sorts of things. <laughs> I, I am very much the impediment to this. Not, not Natalie. Blame <laughs> no, me, just, not Natalie. No, no, no. I just want to make sure it's like you're comfortable with it. Like I don't no, want sure, to force yeah. you. <laughs> but also just as a thing, I um, uh, have the inside note. I am now working with Stu's sister. She I is. should actually say forced you, sister. Um, <laughs> she's an amazing boss, if I can just say. But uh, she was like, no, you got to push you. So I. <laughs> <laughs> so consider this me uh, gently pushing. A gentle nudge. A gentle, a gentle nudge, nudge. towards the cliff's edge. Of Stu. Mm. Um, but no, it's been good to catch up. And it's been amazing. We have to have like a non-podcast catch up. I, ho- I hope everyone has enjoyed this podcast as much as I've enjoyed having a chat with you. Aww, <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, you can catch Stu at Disco Stew. I'm at still Disco on the Stew Twitters. on Twitter. I'm still on the bad website. Uh, <laughs> I'm Girl Clumsy. You can find me there or on Facebook at Natalie's Throne, which is still the name of my Facebook mm-hmm. page. Um, I'll try and work out what I'm doing with... I've just been so flat out that I haven't worked out what I'm doing with recaps of um, uh, His Dark Materials yet, whether I'll try and charge for them or tell people to... Because mm. I don't want people to pay because I know a lot of people won't want to pay and I don't want to... Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it would be nice if people want to pay for my recaps, but I don't want to force people... No, um, sure, yeah, yeah. ...who haven't changed anything from Game of Thrones. <laughs> so I might do like one or two free and then go, hey, I'd like to start charging and see how we go. There's only eight episodes, so it's not very long. Oh, is there only eight? Yeah, it's oh, okay, only right, eight apparently. Okay. 
Um, but I guess until next time, we will leave everyone here with what What do we say? Oh. <laughs> I, just, I was just thinking. Vala yeah. Mogulis. Vala Dahoris. Vala Dahoris. Who watches The Watchmen? Who watches The Watchmen? What do they say in his Dark Materials? Uh, I don't know if they have a catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of one. I, I don't think they have a motto. That's fine. Let, let's just, maybe, let's just say, maybe we'll find out. Let's just say until next time. Until next time, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>